What's up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, hopefully ages like 15 and up, because if you're under yeah, 15... Yeah, are there any kids listening? Yeah, it'd be kind of <laughs> fucked up if there were. Anyway, welcome to episode number 100 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Time formally... to break out the skeptic whistle in oh. celebration. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> break out the skeptic whistle. All right. Yay! Oh, that was a long one. I'm imagining confetti raining down from the ceiling. <laughs> he said that was a long one. <laughs> I'm trying to bust out all the things we've ever done in the past for for the podcast. I'll tell you what, 100 episodes, that's a long time. <laughs> what? Basically, any of my gimmicks are just Mike Judge characters at this point. Just Hank Hill or Beavis and Butthead or whatever. Anyway, yeah. yes, this is our podcast about unsolved mysteries uh, and other things sometimes. Uh, my name is Josh Cannon. I am joined by my co-host, Mike. He's probably... I've probably asked him this a hundred times, but how are you doing, Mike? How are you feeling? I'm doing fine, and since this is 100th episode, you know, break out all the all the stops. I'm pretty sure there would be listeners who'd be like, Oh, how's your toe doing? Um, it, it's, uh, it's much better. Way better. Um, it's getting close to being 100%, and it doesn't hurt anymore. So there we go. I, th- I think that I think the saga is officially over. But on Josh's side, it doesn't seem like he has a possum to deal with anymore, or it just randomly appears now and then. Uh, but what wasn't it like a skink? You said a skink. It was yeah, a skink? yeah. So I was like, I was like running on the treadmill the other day, and I just see this like thing like slither across my carpet, and it, <laughs> it's a fucking skink. I mean, it's like. And for those of you who don't know what a skink is, it's like a lizard on crack. Uh, (laughs) These things are faster, meaner, uh, more beefier looking in general. It's like a, Uh I I should say a lizard on steroids, not really a lizard on crack. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that thing slithered into my room. And I mean, it's it's big enough to where you don't really want it to be stuck in your room. Just the thought of, you know, but it's too fast. I tried to catch it and now I think it's dead somewhere. I think it dehydrated, dried out possum i don't know if the possum's still in my uh in in my wall um just chilling i think a cigarette or something i I mean (laughs) i think it's like in my neighbor's yard they have a bunch of ferns in their yard a bunch of tiny ferns and i think it lives Uh there now i think it it got offended by hearing me like talk all that shit about it so many times (laughs) and it's like i don't gotta take this crap i you know (laughs) I can leave. I don't have to stay here. I thought I was doing you a favor. I thought I was helping you uh, with your loneliness and, you know, your inferiority complex and all that. But you know what? I'm out. I'm out, dude. See you later. You just lost a friend. And he just, you know, <laughs> trotted away. Um, Jeez. Oh, he rolled away on his skateboard. A <laughs> hundred episodes, Mike. Did you, did you ever imagine that our podcast would get to this point? You know, uh, no, because initially it was a very risky thing because we didn't know each other really that much at all when we started this. Not at all. Um, did not know that this we were going to have good enough chemistry to last for this many episodes. 
and we didn't know that we're going to have listeners to last for this many episodes. So, I think yeah, I, it's it's so it's hard. A very welcome surprise, though. Yeah, it's so hard cultivating anything and sticking to it for a long time in life. I mean, it's so easy to give yeah. up. You know, it's so easy to just give up on something. It's easy to it's easy to start, but it's hard to finish and you know carry something to you know fruition to where it starts becoming yeah you know mildly successful i don't want to say this podcast is like successful but it's mildly um (laughs) but yeah i don't know it's crazy yeah it's crazy how it all started and everything and anyone who's you know been on board this whole time knows the story but um yeah i don't know basically like i did that video on comparing unsolved mysteries a new one to the old one and Uh i put it on youtube mike saw the youtube video reached out to me uh i again go on record again to say that like i thought it was a dumb idea (laughs) i was like (laughs) i was like that is such a specific idea doing a podcast about unsolved mysteries nobody's going to listen to that which just goes to show you like my my continuing like business acumen where I think I know what's best and as soon as I work with somebody else I create something that's better than what I could have done yeah. if I just did it by myself. Well, yeah, I also have to admit, I mean, I originally thought about doing it by myself in like a vlog format or in a podcast and and I I I realized very soon into the whole thing that into this whole collaboration that it's so much better with 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 you because just by myself i you know you don't have that extra dynamic and you have so much experience with audio and stuff like that in terms of making it sound the best it possibly can so it's one of those things that i don't think it would be as good if we weren't a pair yeah. you know the dynamic duo right so to speak yeah i mean that's like it's like with my music too, you know, it's like as soon as I added Stephanie to the group and, you know, mm-hmm. she just brought that whole nother dimension that, that I just couldn't have bought on my own. And I don't know, I'm like, I, I tend to want to be a lone wolf whenever I do anything creative, but I found that, you know, working together is, um, it, it, I don't know, it, all, it always has just worked out better for me. But anyway... Yeah. Enough about all that. This podcast, this episode is going to be... We're going to do some some Unsolved mystery stuff, but this is mainly about you, the fans, and your yeah. stories, and your Q&A, and all that kind of stuff. It's not only double stuffed, folks. It's triple stuffed, or quadruple stuffed. I mean, it's, this is going to be a jam-packed, filled-to-the-brim episode of the podcast. Is there any gluten in this episode, or...? What do you feel? What do you think about that? <laughs> I would think there probably would be. I don't think this is gluten free. Yeah, I hate to say it. Uh, this this <laughs> is uh, a, a gluten loaded podcast. There's probably <laughs> extra gluten in this podcast. So anyone who has gluten sensitivities, and there's peanuts too. So anyone with peanut allergies, you're not gonna want to listen to this because we're <laughs> we are stuffed that full of uh, of sustenance for your ears. Before we get into the main meat and potatoes of uh, the podcast, I'd like to remind everybody that we have a Facebook group that's really fucking awesome, and it's how you submitted all your lovely questions and stories. I swear, you look at our Facebook, like, just fan page, and it just looks like a ghost town, like an abandoned shopping mall, and you're like, man... Except for the occasional bad review, yeah, well, every now and then. Usually it's, <laughs> usually it's 
glowing reviews on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, he's just glowing reviews on there, yeah. Yeah, there's apparently... It's just a recent recent bad review. Yeah, a recent yeah. bad review where I was accused of uh, bitching about our, our fans or our listeners. Yeah. Me specifically. It's always... It's usually <laughs> me. I'm not going to say always. It's usually me. It's usually directed at me, the bad reviews, uh, which is fine. Oh, but they call me a dork, so... Yeah, that's another bad review we got recently. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, it was a five-star review. It was actually a good review. Yeah. But yeah, I was annoying. Mike's a dork. But no, I am annoying. Mike. My voice is super annoying to, like... Like, it, you guys... I admit it, I'm a dork. I mean, it, it's 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 not something I'm that uh, offended by. It's like when somebody calls me a nerd. I'm like, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that that's not so bad. <laughs> but, like, you guys, if only you could hear how cool my voice sounds in my head. My voice sounds amazing. I sound like Barry White in my head. <laughs> but then when I listen to it on the podcast, I'm like, and like, oh my god, and dude, totally, and uh, I say like five million <laughs> times. I I have like I, I I have like guy vocal fry going on in my voice a lot of times. I don't know. It's just, <sighs> I'm just just like my voice is the, the worst. But anyway, you should like our Facebook group. Is my point, and just go to groups on Facebook and search "Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries." Um, it's a thriving community of all things unsolved mysteries and mysterious stuff in general. There's some stuff on there I might not be able to mention that you might find of interest. Um, so yeah, it's a good place to, to go. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that. Patreon.com slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. We do bonus segments on there whenever we have time, which, you know, I try to do it as much as I can. I'd like to do it more, honestly. And I apologize for not doing as much as I could have, but... You know, I'm so busy, but anyway, it's not an excuse. But there is a lot of a lot of stuff on there, but I'd just like to do more. Um, and finally, we have merch. We have t-shirts, and the link to purchase an Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries podcast t-shirt is in the link to this exact uh, episode that you're listening to right now. And some further business in that in that vein, since this is the 100th episode, I wanted to do something special. So we will be doing a giveaway for one of the Unsolved Mysteries, Ghosts, Hauntings, and the Unexplained soundtrack. So the vinyl yep. record uh, that you guys have all been seeing pictures of if you're in our group floating around or just online in general from Terravision Records. Um, I will be will be giving away one of those records. Um, so this is how I've decided I want to do this. Obviously, I want to give the record away to someone who actually listens to this podcast, even though the thing that I'm about to say is going to be in our podcast group. But I have a sneaking suspicion there are some people in our group who don't give a flying fuck about this podcast, and they're, they're just there for other reasons. So I don't want them getting that record. So... I am going to make a, a post on our Facebook group, and I'm just going to say a food, like eggs or salad or something. And whenever I whenever you see that post, I want you to respond with your favorite food, and that's it. Just mashed potatoes, if that's your favorite food, whatever. And that that's it. And from those people who comment their favorite food, I will select two to one will receive the unsolved mysteries record and the runner-up will receive uh our podcast shirt free free obviously because this is a contest so i'll just you know we'll get in touch about the mailing address and all that and i'll send it out but uh yeah so whenever you see me post egg salad which i fucking hate but anyway it's a food 
or pizza or whatever, <laughs> and that's all I post, then you post with your favorite food, and that way, all these other people in our group, all these other, you know, people who aren't really on board, they're not the ride or dies like you guys are, they won't know what's going on, and they won't have a chance to... Uh, and obviously, don't explain these rules to outsiders who don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> you know, uh, so that's yeah. how we're gonna do that. So I'm gonna randomly pick two names. Um, I'm gonna get all the names, put them in a hat, mix them up, draw two names. One's gonna get the record, the other one will get a shirt. And uh, yeah, so that's 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 what we're doing to commemorate the hundredth anniversary. Um, I have both of these set items. Unfortunately, so if you want it signed, I can sign it. Uh, Mike can mail me his signature, <laughs> <laughs> and I can like tape it on there. <laughs> that's that's one of the disadvantages of us doing this like a thousand miles away from each other. Oh man, that's so that's so sad. I know, <laughs> isn't it? That's pathetic. <laughs> but yeah, so that's going on. So. Our first piece of business for our 100th is going to be something that Mike thought of, and it's going to be the top 15 segments from season one of Unsolved yep. Mysteries. Yep. Is this the Amazon so, season, or is this just yeah, the Yeah, the Amazon season, and I put in some uh, missing segments in there, too. Some of them, because some of them were not covered on Amazon, and some of them were really good, so I didn't want to not include them. Um I'm just going to go over them briefly. These are all ones that we've covered, I believe, on the podcast already, one form or another. And um, so I didn't want to... So, But I'll, I'll give my reasonings as to why I have them on the list as uh, concise as possible. Because I don't want this to take up like a huge chunk of this podcast. We have a lot to, to talk about. So, yeah, these are my top 15 best segments. Originally, I started out with top 10, but I'm like, there's too many. I can't do a top 10. I, I went with top 15. But I'll actually start, start out with some honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list, but still uh, segments that I enjoy from the first season. Gulf Breeze UFO. That's, uh, for, that's one of the missing segments, one of the forbidden segments uh, that did not end up on Amazon. Uh you know that's a I great to put it. that's a great segment just because like it, you know people may say oh well it turned out to be a hoax well okay it might be a hoax it's still a great fraud segment yeah I love how they show how they might have created it and everything and they show they show uh, recreations of the photos I I love the behind the scenes aspect of of that particular uh, segment and there's some cool stuff too like. The, the shot of Robert Stack st standing there with all these people in the background, you know, because normally when he does his introduction, it's just him alone in some creepy church. Yeah. Or outside, and there's fog rolling in, and here there's all these different people in the background waving at the camera, <laughs> and he's got a smirk on his face, so... He, he he probably knowing knowing Robert like he probably was looking at the case early on and was like oh come on this is clearly <laughs> this is clearly bogus clearly bunk and then if then it's then it, it then later it is bunk he's like I told you I like I how you, I like John. how your Im impression of Robert Stack is like a semi like Patrick Stewart like infused yeah. <laughs> version <laughs> oh come on that's clearly bunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's clearly bogus. Patrick Stewart would be good host. Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> For a different show. 
Right. So uh, another set, another uh, case I had on honorable mention was the Unabomber because that was actually featured on uh, one of the specials. I believe it was one of the ones that was hosted by Carl Malden. I think it was the third episode. Really? They they did it that early on, did they? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, the Unabomber was a good one. Um, do now the old Weird Al looking. <laughs> He, guy. He, he so looked like Weird Al from the <laughs> 80s. God, he totally did. That's hilarious. My dad was said, people used to say my dad looked like the Unabomber back in the day, apparently. But I mean, good Lord, every, every your guy dad was the Unabomber. Every guy had like <laughs> fucking curly brown hair and a mustache and aviator sunglasses back in the 80s. I mean, seriously. And if you put the hood up, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, you know. Weird Al didn't dress that way just to, you know, didn't have his facial hair that way just to be weird. I mean, that's kind of, that was kind of the look that everyone had as as the ladies yeah. on perhaps that you constantly point out with their mustache uh, yeah. m- MVP award or whatever. Well, even even uh, even Weird Al himself, like he actually, I remember, I think it was on I of the 80s or some other thing. And he was even commenting on the whole resemblance thing. So that was pretty. That's pretty funny. So he's even in on it. He's even in on the the joke. Now I know in the Ultimate uh, Collection they did the Unabomber and Zodiac together as yeah. one case. Did they do that? What for this they one? used is footage that they shot for the special, and re-edited into that particular. Oh wow! Okay, that's kind of cool. Then the last one on the honorable mentions uh, list is the Queen Mary, which was uh, from the Halloween special, which did really well. And that that's a segment where you had William Roll and a, and a bunch of other parapsychologists, and uh, they went on board the Queen Mary, which is supposed to be haunted. And they taught, and there were other people that were involved with the Queen Mary, like they worked there and they were telling their stories. And that's when we had like there was a ghost that was near a pool. The poolside and the whole thing where uh, I don't know if it was William Roll or some other guy who went in there in, in uh, the hull of the ship and recorded some audio, and it sounded like there were some rappings and sounds that were uh, going on inside the hull. Rappings like like Run DMC was down there. Like <laughs> it's it's tricky to rock around to rock around. That's right on time. It's tricky, 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 <laughs> tricky. They were just down there no, doing that. Like, like knocking oh yeah it's no i honestly I, knocking I, noises. I, I, I thought that uh that was the most i thought that was some of the most compelling evidence for like the existence of you know paranormal activities being like a legitimate thing was the queen, queen mary segment yeah because all the well, people well, on there were so like they were so credible and mm-hmm. the recording of there being sound where there should not have been sound yeah you know, and it was this like banging. It sounded like someone was taking a crowbar and just banging the side of the the yeah. ship, and it was yeah, it was crazy. So, you think that's compelling? Wait till we see certain uh, certain segments from sightings. Like there's certain ones where they play some audio, but then again, they do the whole thing where you have the subtitles, and that's yeah, I don't. Sometimes like that. that just makes a audio kind of a hallucination to happen in your ear where you're like oh yeah it it clearly says something because well, they put the subtitles on yeah there it's with like the, the power EVPs. suggestion you know i mean it's mm-hmm. they're suggesting that that's 
that's what the ghost is saying in the audio and so you your your brain is constantly trying to pick out patterns in everything so but there's one that i i uh i saw recently where you can audibly hear screaming and that one really gave me the chills because it's really hard to to fake that you know it's kind of hard to make people think there's something screaming going on you know some uh actual human scream in the background and with with the with the oh i've come up here with betty or whatever like if you put the subtitles on the bottom of the screen then your brain's like oh it, it says i've come up here with betty but Honestly, yeah. with editing and post-production tricks, they can make anything sound like anything. Yeah, but back then, back then, it was a lot harder to do in the early 90s to do that kind of stuff. So. so that's uh, the honorable mentions list. Now we're into the top 15. The The number 15 I have is Susan Laferte and Doreen Picard. I have that on the list because it's a very brutal case. Uh, it's one of the first cases I remember us talking about, too, when... Uh, the the Amazon episodes first appeared, and uh, one image in particular really sticks with me. It's uh, an image of this uh, figure who's holding a lead pipe, and it's he's, his arm is bloody, and so yeah, it was a very bloody segment, and it's very brutal, and uh, so I have the, I have it on the list for that it's, because it's a memorable. It, there's it, some memorable imagery. Yeah, it's like unsolved mysteries at its like most rawest, you know, because yeah. like it doesn't, it doesn't like, it, and and that had to be an early segment because like that, that one squeaked past the censors. I feel like almost to a certain because it was so bloody, and there was the orange sock murder that was also very bloody that I remember, but yeah, this one it was just like. Yeah, is this was like raw when people talk about oh the cheesy reenactments and this that and the other watch this shit and tell me how cheesy it is you know it's it totally brings legitimacy yeah. to the show. Uh, number fourteen is the Catholic priest murders. Oh, uh, I put that one on there because it it's memorable in, in the instance of how there there was seemed like there was some serial killer who was going around killing Catholic priests and was asking them for help. And he'd make up stories and be like, oh, my my significant other or, or my grandfather or someone, some relative is sick and dying and, and, and they need the last rites. Can you come over and meet me at this location? And the priest would go over there because the priest, uh, they're selfless. They, they don't believe that there would be anything that would uh, end up happening to them that would be bad or any ill will would happen to them in that instance. They're just like, I'm here to help. I'm on this earth to help. And they go in and go to that location and, uh, the, they get murdered. And there's just the brutality of it. Like there was like coat hangers that were involved to maybe possibly strangle them. And this one was also pretty bloody too for early on. Um, this was a kind of a sick thought I had about this while we're talking about this. And, it's probably not a, a correct thought, but I just thought in my head, like, this guy, this guy who killed these priests probably saved at least one child from being molested. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's like I said, I, it's, it's a fucked up thought. It's just the thought that came to my mind because on average, you know, so let's say he killed five priests. 
Uh, maybe one of them was going to be a child molester. I don't know. Well, I, I, it doesn't. Well, the one that was murdered was considered to be like this saint in the town and was this really nice guy. And there was no controversy or anything like that involved with him and so on and so forth. Like I said, and fucked up thought. It would definitely. <laughs> Not saying that's it's a correct one. Up. That's that. That's his fucked up thought, folks. <laughs> I don't associate with that. Mike's still <laughs> fucking jumping ship on me. A hundred episodes in, just can't <laughs> can't ever stand in solidarity. I'm, I'm not with that. I'm sinking on a ship, and I just see Mike's feet as it, they go off the uh, edge of the deck <laughs> into the water. <laughs> Just like, I'm just like, fuck this, I'm out of here. As he leaves me next to the shitty cello player on the damn boat as it goes down. Uh, it depends on what, what we're going down for. That's the thing. But yeah, I, I thought that was a, a really uh, solid segment and a good case. Number 13 is the case of Mark Adams. I put this on here because another uh, segment that has some very memorable imagery and the whole... Uh, in, uh, the whole escape from prison angle because it's one it's one that was included in the Alcatraz special where he ends up escaping from prison in a really uh, I thought it was a pretty clever way uh, I think it's one where he finds a way to masquerade as if he's a part of the tour guide and then uses that to be able to just get out of there get out of the prison he just walks out you know, the I think front it was door. one of those prisons that was uh extremely hard to get out of and he found a way to outsmart it but that's not the main reason why i put it on here i put it on here because of the brutality and just the intensity of the initial crime that he did that led him to go to prison where there are these teenagers who are hanging out at a dugout at some high school or something and here comes Mark Adams in a black jet black ski mask and takes out an automatic rifle and just starts just guns mows down these teenagers. So just and it was at night. So it's just a very it, it represented a lot of, of what Unsolved Mysteries is really well known for the creep factor, you know, the chilling crimes and all of that. So they really did a great job with the atmosphere and just that particular just the senselessness of it really did uh, stick with me. Number 12 is Steve Hadley. Well, hey, maybe we'll I had something, about... maybe I had something to say about that one, but don't... okay, Mike. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> My bad. No, all I really had to add was like, man, yeah, I think about that segment and the teenagers in the dugout at night. And it just reminded me to like childhood. It's like, when did anything good ever happen in a dugout at night? You know what I mean? I was yeah, like, exactly. I was like, always <laughs> like, I, you know, you're either like, there's either teenagers like smoking dope in there. You're like, drunk. Ha you're having sex with your, your teenage girlfriend in there. And, and you are also a teenager. I'm not saying you're an adult <laughs> and having sex with a teenage girlfriend, but you know, like teenagers having sex, whatever. Um, you know, you, you, and yeah, you walk up to those situations and it's always like, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. It just reminded yeah. me of growing up. So number 12 is a case we haven't covered yet, but we will in the future. It's a case of Steve Hadley. It's a, it was, a, I really think it was on one of the first specials that was hosted by Robert Stack. It did not end up on Amazon. I'm wondering if it's because of statute of limitations and the case is already solved, so maybe that's why. But I thought it was a great case. It was just this case of this man named Steve Hadley who worked at a bank for many years and eventually he just decided, I'm going to rob this bank. 
Yep. And he just opened it decided I'm going to rob the bank and start a new life. And that's what he did. Like the episode even opens us up with this really strange thing that pulls you in. His uh, wife finds a note. She wakes up, sees that her husband isn't there, finds a note from Steve. And he's saying all this. I decided I'm going to start a new life. I love you, but I, 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 you know, things have gotten stale and I want to start something new. And I, I robbed the bank, my bank, and I have left the country. <laughs> you know, you're just like, what the fuck? I mean, in all honesty, though, like how many of you out there listening right now kind of wish you're, you're like, maybe you're in a situation in life right now <clears throat> where you you wish you could just write a letter to your significant other and be like, things have gotten stale Peace out. I'm going to start a new life or a new adventure somewhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, isn't that the fantasy, you know, that we all have yeah, at some point? Yeah, but if you're going to do that, don't rob a bank. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Like, I feel like robbing the ba- a bank kind of goes along with the fantasy, doesn't it? It's like yeah. you're escaping and you, you, you rob a bank and you do it in a way where you're not harming anyone or traumatizing anyone. Cause he did it very like, you know, white, yeah. he, white collar, you know, he was like the manager. And so he was able to just go in there and take the money. But it was just how brazen he was that always stuck with me. You know, it was just like, man, I'm just going to do this now. <laughs> and then how he just put his, you know, filled his duffel bag full of cash and was able to go through the airport and everything with it. And no problem. Nowadays, that would not happen. You wouldn't think so. So uh, the next case I have on the list uh, for number eleven is the case of Kurt McFall, uh, the Mike Larper. Don't you mean Kurt McFell? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. God. So uh, the Larper, the guy who uh, liked to do live action role playing, and uh, he was found dead on a beach somewhere and there's this this speculation that maybe he was murdered because of a few th- items that were found near his car and, and just like just the absurdity of things i mean you have the larping thing aspect and the dungeons and dragons stuff and the whole satanic panic that's thrown in here uh they interview the character who's a guy who was the head of this medieval religion group that uh, Kurt was a part of. What was that guy's name? He had an interesting name, didn't he? Karotic or something, I think. Karotic, yeah. Yeah. He's good memory on you, Mike. Yeah, he was definitely something. Apparently... That's for sure. Yeah, apparently LARPing is like... There's some, like, politics that can go into it to where it can turn bad because... I Mm -hmm. I do this, I DJ at this, or I host karaoke. I try not to make myself sound cooler than I am by saying, I DJ. (laughs) No, I'm not DJing. I'm hosting karaoke. There is a difference. We are once... But you DJ at at weddings. Yeah, but that, like, DJing on the, like, hierarchy of cool entertainment industry shit, you got DJing, and then somewhere way under that, you have magician and karaoke DJ. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, I I host karaoke at this bar on Friday, and this uh, one kid I've kind of become friendly with up there. Um, he was tell like he was like, "Hey man, you know it's a gay bar," so he's like, "Hey man, no homo, but uh, you know I think you're a really cool guy, and you know I think we should hang out sometime." 
And I was like, well, I mean, I honestly, I'm so busy. I don't really have time to hang out, but you can add me on Facebook and, you know, we can like be friends on there or whatever. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't have a Facebook page. You know, it's just a lot of stuff went down, man. I don't really want to talk about it. And I was like, well, what, what do you mean? What, you know, what, what, what's going on? And he's like, well, I do this, like kind of this, like, and he was taught, he was describing it. Like, I didn't know what he was talking about. He's like, I do this like live action role-playing kind of thing I'm like oh you do LARPing and he's like yeah yeah I do that or I used to do that and I don't know just the group uh I was in they all turned against me and started blah 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 and made my life a living hell and I'm like man how can LARPing go so wrong so apparently that's like a big uh thing that can go huh. wrong sometimes <laughs> or maybe it's just him I don't know maybe he <laughs> maybe he's a douche or something so but yeah, with Kurt McFall, I mean, it was it was just it was just it's a sad case too because you have the whole thing where his father is is trying he's putting all this effort and all this uh, money into trying to just define how his son died and and there really there was no resolution to it um, and just to, and also it's just another case that's just you have the the satanic panic the, you know that's that's like the cherry on top of things but then you have all these other ingredients that just make it so delicious uh i just the, just the crazy stuff like he's stayed with carotic and then decided in the middle of the night he's going to go for a swim in the ocean <laughs> you know yeah and that's where they find his body it's that they find his yeah. body at the bottom of this like rocky embankment Mm-hmm. And they say that he fell when, or or it was suicide. Some say it was yeah. an accident. Some say it was suicide. And then, of course, his dad thinks it was murder. Because, of course, his dad. And then his dad found, you know, these, these drawings and stuff that he did that are tied into the LARPing thing and, and, and the medieval religion. And he said his demeanor was changing. And, and then you have the whole rumors that go around like the one uh i read from uh the sitcoms online site about how there were these people who were knew him or whatever and were saying that he, he was a different person and then the whole thing where somebody found like a secret room you know that kind of stuff so there's a lot of there, there's some myths and legends going on with that one that that uh elevated apparently your voice is Number- changing too mike <clears throat> Yeah, because uh, I'm I apparently this dang green tea is fucking up with my throat. So you're, fi- well, you're finally becoming a man. <laughs> you're transitioning from a boy to a man. <clears throat> Number ten is uh, Matthew Chase. Uh, this case I thought was a quite memorable one for me because you have an instance where you have the person who was more than likely responsible for this man's death on camera. And it's a security. It's like, it's the ATM security camera footage. So it's got that certain earring quality to it already. Cause it's in black and white and it's kind of a blurry looking image. And just the whole eerie nature of his disappearance. He went to go t- to an ATM late at night and disappeared. Never was seen or heard from again. But I mean, is it really that creepy though? Because you kind of see exactly what you know. I mean, it's it, it's not hard to surmise what probably happened to him. You know, it's like no, but it's just, it's just this. It's just how real it is, you know. Because if you you go to the ATM at night, 
and stuff like that. It just stood out, stood out to me because I'm alone a lot when I go around and I walk to di- different places. And I've been walking by myself at night plenty of times, went to the, the, went to the uh, walk-up ATM. So it's just something that stuck with me because of that. And also, he's a young man, and it was, just, it was a very tragic thing. And it was just... Go to the ATM, gets accosted at gunpoint or knife point or whatever, and and just goes missing. Yeah, I yeah, I guess I can see what you're saying in that regard. That is pretty creepy because you can still see the footage and all that. And yeah, so uh, number nine is Alcatraz. Alcatraz, uh, I I like the segment, but there's a few others that I like a little bit more. I'm pretty sure you'll be like Balderdash. This is this is preposterous. <laughs> um. Because you you probably have this in your top five, I would think. I love the Alcatraz segment. I think it it's I think the production value, the story. Well, yeah. I mean, this could have been a little mini movie for fuck's sake. I mean, they put mm-hmm. so much. They filmed in Alcatraz. The, the at that at that point it had been shut down and decommissioned, and now I mean, shit, is it still even there anymore? I don't know, but you know, they filmed in the actual Alcatraz prison. The production, the props, they used the actual head that was used by the Anglin brothers to get off the island to fool the guards with the head count at night. I mean, just the detail that you, yeah. you can't really get, um, at, like, with, well, with yeah, a lesser show. Well, yeah, also Robert Stack is on location. Yeah, and then the hosting segments. Uh, on the actual one that originally ran, it was this whole special, which I gotta say, the special kind of took away from it a little bit like I, I like it better on the box set where it's just the alcatraz segment and none of that other do- doofy ass scuba diving and yeah see that's the thing that's why i have it number nine <laughs> yeah on the original box set it was really good though like i i, I thought it was uh-huh. you know i i love that i still can't understand again the second time i'm bringing up perhaps it's you <laughs> i still can't understand why the latest from perhaps it's you can't appreciate that one it, it bugs me about them to this well, even day their special guests didn't like it either yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i look i look at them very wearily now knowing that they don't like the alcatraz segment i'm like do you really like the show though are you like <laughs> really fans of unsolved mysteries i don't know i was so, i was yeah, told I, by liz that it's a <clears> guy <throat> thing it must be a guy thing so i i guess i was allowed to bring gender into it on that one um but yeah, like apparently hmm. guys like the Alcatraz segment and girls don't. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think there's some girls in our group that would probably disagree. Hopefully. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, Alcatraz, I, I uh, had it on the list because I just admire the ingenuity and the creativity of, of the uh, convicts and how, they're, how they figured out how to get out of the prison and what they did and the lengths that they took. Number eight is the Los Angeles Bank Tunnel Robbers. Oh, I really like this fantastic. segment. Um, it, it's it's another example of ingenuity, and it's one that is really impressive because they got away with it. Nobody got caught. They got away with millions of dollars. Uh, the, the how they used the tunnels in L.A. to their advantage to get around underground and then drill through the floor and the bank and then steal all the money for all from underground and then just use ATVs to just 
right in there and then right out. These were pros. I mean, these these were yes. like this is like James Bond level heist heistery going on. Like, yeah, I thought these guys might have been former military. Yeah, it ver- that's they, what they, they were. It was that much precision. That's what they were theorizing on the show that they were military because of how just put together and focused of an operation this was. And uh, they almost got away with even more. Like they were they were preparing to do more uh, another heist, and it wasn't until the police were onto them because they started to realize that they were using the tunnels to travel through. So the police were, they started to patrol the area. And when they started to do, there was one night where they started their patrol and they noticed that there were some fresh tracks and stuff. So they were about ready to do it. They were going to do it again until they realized that, uh, the police were onto them and their mode of transportation and how they were able to get in and out and do things so quickly. Uh, it, it's it's very cinematic, really, too, the way it was shot and everything. Number seven on, on my list is Missing Time, a uh, UFO unexplained segment I thought was really good, dealing with uh, the phenomenon that can happen with people who can be abducted, where they have this time, this can be a day, can be a few hours, where it's just they can't place what happened. It's just time just completely disappears. And uh, it's very eerie and memorable in that aspect. But I thought it was also really well done in terms of the direction and the performances. And and I'm with you. the 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 most memorable one is the one where the was it a girl? It was a it was a mom. Was it a mom or two sisters or something? It was two sisters, mom? and it was the, it sisters. was the younger sister who mm-hmm. um they their car broke down when they were visiting somewhere in California and. The mom went to go get I think it was their radiator or something. The mom left to go get yeah. water for the radiator and then like it during, you know, the middle of the day, the both of the sisters are in the front seat of the car or whatever, and one the big sister turns and looks out the back window and then the little the she's like what's that? And then the little sister turns around and then the next thing they remember they're just laying in a field. And then, yeah, then that yeah, and then the next thing she remembers after that is them just hauling ass, like driving yeah. down the road, and it's like just so spooky. Yeah, that Im- that imagery definitely stuck with me. Just the laying there, because because that would be you'd be like, how the hell did this happen? Like, when did we when did we end up on the on the ground here? You know that that's that's a common thing with missing time. They end up in places that they don't recall that they were at i mean even in the sanfreda case we just recently talked about there's there's stuff like that where he ends up in some uh area where it, there, there's really no way that anybody could sneak up there you know on this secluded part of this mountainside somewhere and he just shows up yeah missing so. time is, is probably like one of my favorite segments of Unsolved Mysteries of all time. It's one of them. Probably not mm-hmm. the the top one, but I mean, even the one with um, you know, the the guy before they got to the girl segments on there. Yeah, the uh, uh, military guy. Yeah, I forget his name for some fucked up reason because I've seen that segment a million times. Um, but yeah, even I mean, like that whole that whole episode was fantastic. Yeah. 
So number six on the list for me is Anne Sigmund and Gary Goff. This has the satanic panic from that time, and it's turned up to 11. <laughs> and then you have just this, it is a typical sort of, and, th- and that's what really makes it stand out, is if you didn't have the satanic panic stuff, it would just be your normal everyday uh, m- murder, you know, or, or uh, domestic abuse case. But but then you have the satanic panic aspect, and it just takes it to a whole nother level. Because uh, Anne Sigmund, just the image of her and her negligee in that shed with the photo of, like, Baphomet or something, and there's candles around, and she's, like, in a, in a cross-legged pose. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that one uh, definitely stands out to me. It's one of my favorites because of that. Number uh, five is uh, Dexter Stefanik, uh, the rest stop area killer. Very uh, intense and uh, memorable segment. Very sad, too. And you could tell that the son was like, don't drive by yourself, Dad. Don't do that. You know, we, you know, we can figure something out. I can go with you or... or wait a little bit because it's it's not the it's not the weather's not the best and it's one of those things where it's like he knew something might might happen and i find that kind of strange that there can be that where you can you just have that feeling where you're like don't go you know yeah and it turns out he he his uh, son was correct and that's another one where it's just the senselessness of it all i mean just some old man who was just murdered by some somebody, and I think it's still unsolved. So that's another aspect of it that definitely stands out. And and just they found his body. It was just in a in in the trash. If I remember correctly, right? They just found it's just in the garbage. It was awful. Number four, the segment was good, but the case the case was definitely it was definitely an awful circumstance. Number four is DB Cooper. Uh, one of the biggest mysteries in, in American uh, crime history, if you think about it, because uh, it's still unsolved. Still don't know who D.B. Cooper is or was. And just the whole, I thought they did a really good job with the reenactment. That's another one where the budget definitely was on the screen and did a great job casting the different actors and actresses for, for this segment. Number three... For me, uh, unless you want to, do you want to mention some more about DB Cooper? Um, it, just the case itself was, uh, you know, it's like anybody who knows about the DB Cooper case. I mean, nobody thinks it's good, and of course, what happened was like super fucked up. But at the same time, man, it's got this level of like badassery to it that someone could actually hijack a plane, um, and, and not like you know terrorist al-qaeda hijack i mean it was like like some james bond supervillain shit you know it was like yeah. real life movie stuff i guess uh-huh. and that's always fascinating to people that some guy could just you know be like i got bombs on me give me some money and 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 you know that that would have been one thing and it's like okay whatever that's not that special because that's happened you know here and there but the fact that he skydives out of the plane yeah. with the money yeah, exactly. they never catch him that's incredible that's an incredible story i mean shitty that you know those uh the airline pilot and the stewardesses and all that are going to be forever the passengers going to be forever traumatized 
but um I don't know. Well, they're they're kind of a part of history, though, too. So that's, yeah. that's another way they could look at it. And also the fact that you you know uh, money was found. So, but not all that the money. Whole, that's uh, I mean, not I, all the money, but some of some of it was found. So it makes you think: Did he get away with it? It's it's kind of like Alcatraz. It's like they probably died. Yeah. They probably died, but nobody has a body. Yep. So, uh, number three is Liz Carmichael and the Dale. Oh, yes. Good choice. One of the best uh, fraud segments out there. It really is. Uh, when I first saw it, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, just the Dale itself is a very interesting uh, story, just how that was created. And it, it came about at the perfect time during the gas crisis. And to have a cheap, affordable car that doesn't take that much, doesn't have that much gas, I mean... That's a win-win, and and it's got this weird design. You know, it's got three wheels, and thing was goofy looking as all hell. Yeah, it was goofy looking, and then they have the whole thing of the empty warehouse and and the the prototype model, which is just has regular door hinges on the door, and there's no working engine, and there's no of this other stuff. And then just that alone is interesting and fascinating enough for a fraud segment. It makes it stand out because a lot of the time with the fraud segments, it's money. It's strictly money. You know, it, it's something happens where somebody fraud defraud somebody uh, from their inheritance or their money through nefarious means or a business scams uh, the, the people who decide to uh, do business with them. But in this, it, it's, you know, that does business scams people who decide to do business with them. But you have the car aspect to it. You have the prototype. And that's different than some of the other ones. And then then you have Liz Carmichael herself. Which is an, a, a compelling character all on its own. Liz Carmichael, who was actually a man. Yes. Dude looks like a lady. But you know, is so is, yeah. is um I think was trying to live as a transgender woman. Yeah. So you know, that's cool. But I I don't know. I did. I think they did like say because she like escaped to somewhere else and was still living as a woman. So it's not like because there's other cases on this show where people will dress like a woman just to evade police. Yeah, or they do it to hide their their identity, which is you like know. the guy who was working with uh, was it the countess or somebody? Uh, there was a guy who was working with one of the yeah the countess right? Wasn't he? Didn't he dress in drag so he could talking about the lady who raised the dog the dog lady? No, the the countess, which is the, the she's the fraud, you know the girl who the the one that you thought was really hot. Oh, I don't remember. She went off with a bunch of money. I don't remember that. <laughs> well, I saw I saw a fraud segment recently where um, a guy was like dressed up as a woman. Uh, he frauded a bunch of people out of money, and he was dressed as a woman simply to evade police. But Liz Carmichael yeah. actually was, you know, wanting to mm -hmm. live as a woman or whatever. Yeah. And, and there were a lot of people who, were like, who worked with her that was convincing, and she even got uh, interviewed for magazines and... Yeah, it's it's a it's a great, excellent case, uh, from one of the earlier episodes from season one. Number two for me is uh the best ghost case from season one, 
the Tallman House Ghosts. Of course. Just the whole, you know, whether the haunted bunk bed thing is actually accurate or not, it's it's quite memorable and, and uh, freaky. Uh, the fact that there could be a cursed uh, bunk bed and and just the uh, just the definitely is very scary segment. Even though you have the whole laughable scream for one of the guys, but that adds to the segment. That doesn't detract from it. Um, the fact that they didn't show that much, like they don't show you the the ghost or the apparition, leave it up to your imagination, that helped as well. And ju- and just the some really creepy imagery, like the the ma- the lunch pail just flying across the room, and and aspects like that, and just the whole intensity of it all, where the ghost was like, "You're going to die." I mean, that's. That's pretty fucking scary. <laughs> At the same time, I don't you, want to hear... you get a lot of unsolved mysteries, like classically bad-ish CGI with the fire, yeah. the garage being on fire, and all. It that. It wasn't CGI. It was bad. It was rotoscoping, but yeah, or green screen or whatever. Yeah, but that adds to the charm. Yeah, you know. It... And number one for me is the Son of Sam parts one and two. Really, that's number uh, one. Yeah. Wow. For me personally. Because it was it was it was detailing I'd never seen it before and when I first saw it it just detailed all these different things like it has all these things you want out of an unsolved mysteries segment you have a very compelling case which is the son of Sam the son of Sam murders so compelling my voice is cracking <clears throat> the son of Sam murders and it has all these different theories and stuff like that that I don't remember ever hearing before and. Some of them are absurd, but that adds to the entertainment factor. Like, the whole satanic panic thing that's thrown in there. Like, the group of Satanists who were hanging out at the park and sacrificing dogs. And there's this whole rumor that maybe these group of Satanists might have been tied to the Son of Sam. And there's just a lot of stuff that was really compelling. And I, and, and I thought it was, like, really interesting and intriguing in terms of some other aspects of the case that maybe he didn't work alone. Maybe he was involved with some satanic cult and it even has like the old school graphics that they did, you know, to show, Oh, here's the car and in, in, in this particular part of, of uh, New York. And this is where it would have been and talking about how it might've been impossible for certain time frames to, to connect and all of that. And, it's just a you already you take an already memorable case and then you throw in all of these other extra bits of information and it's just it just that segment parts one and two just always leave me with questions i'm like what like what really is going on here like may i really do feel that david berkowitz did not act alone and he was not the only one and this might have been a group of uh you know, a cult who was going around killing people. And if that's the case, that makes that case even more terrifying. Because it's not just a single reign of terror by from some uh, psychotic individual. It, it's it's a group of individuals. Yeah, number one for me definitely would have been uh, Missing Time. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. you know, Missing Time. And, and number two would have been Tallman. Um, but I'm, so that's these more... Are all- where my head yeah. is anyway i'm more interested in that kind of shit than i am like the these murders. are these are all 
great cases though and segments and I highly recommend you all check them out if you haven't already season one was so strong I mean good god season one was such a strong season of unsolved mysteries and like mm-hmm. a lot I feel like a lot of the episodes we cover are from like 89 to 91 you know yeah <laughs> like god we've we have mined the 89 to 91 pool of episodes so much but the great ones keep popping up like oh we haven't talked about that one from season one yet it's, it's just that man it was so strong i mean it was good you know the whole the whole show series is good to me but the first few seasons were really like where they hit you know they they came out swinging and then the quality went down slightly towards the end because you know they're trying to modernize everything Everybody here loves story time. It's a favorite time of the day. All right. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you guys, we asked you guys to send us in some stories and uh, some stories you did send. And we will read some of those right now. Um, starting with, oh, I just saw this right now. Shout out to Raphael Alejandre. I hope that made you happy, buddy. Um all right, we're going to start with Brian Bradley. This is an email he sent in, and I haven't read if he wanted me to keep his name anonymous or not, so this might have to be an edit, but anyway. Uh, you could have emailed us at the UUM podcast at yahoo.com, the um podcast with two U's. <laughs> so for future reference, if anyone wants to like send us threatening emails or anything, like that's the, the email address you send it to. Um, so this is a story, a spooky story, about how Brian discovered our podcast. Ooh! Just kidding. It's not that scary, I guess. Anyway, um, he goes, how I discovered, and he does a strikeout under Uncovering Unsolved Mysteries, because that's what we were initially called. He strikes it out and goes, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. But I fucked that sentence up because this is supposed to be a a reference that Mike's going to get. He goes, how I discovered uncovering unexplained mysteries and learned they are the bomb. And he goes, Mike will get that joke. But see, the (laughs) thing is, is I get that joke, Brian. And you underestimated my movie knowledge, sir, which you have every right to do because I've seen only two movies in my entire life. Not a lot of people believe that, but it's true. (laughs) <laughs> but he is making a reference to Dr. Strangelove, how I learned to love the bomb and stop worrying. So, yeah, Stanley Kubrick, I will get those references because I love Stanley Kub- Stan- Stanry Kubrick. Uh, anyway, he goes, <laughs> he goes on to say, I first subscribed around episode three. Damn, dude, you've been in it for the long, the long time. He said, so I ha- Long haul. He said, so I haven't been with you since the true beginning, but pretty damn close. I'm a huge uh, crime podcast mystery fan, so when I needed more to bridge the gap between other shows' episodes, I started to search, and lo and behold, I was recommended to subscribe to your show. That's crazy that all the way back uh, at episode three, when we didn't have nearly as many listeners as we have now, they were already like iTunes or whatever was already recommending our podcast. That's cool. He said, listen to the third episode, which has just dropped, and I won't lie, I was on the fence about sticking around. Was it as polished as other podcasts? No. Did it have studio quality production value? No. Was it scripted and had a natural flow between the hosts? No. 
but there was just something unique about this show that told me I should stick around. Give it a chance. For all the rough edges, you guys quickly smoothed them out, found your footing, and I discovered that I was becoming invested in this little thing called Uncovering Unsolved Mr. The Cease and Desist Letter from Cosgrove Arrives. You mentioned it. Uh, you mentioned it first in a post, and then discussed it on the show. I felt like I had been threatened. Here was the show that I love, and these two decrepit old douche canoe fossils had to go <laughs> and pick their more and and pick on their more than casual fans. There was no doubt about it after that. Call it rooting for the underdog. Call it sticking it to the man. Call it whatever you want. After that, I was a hardcore fan. A year goes by and you have your first Q&A request. I decide to write a funny little three-choice question, never thinking you would read it on the show. That weekend, I know I'll be traveling from Durham to San Francisco, so I download the show so I can listen to it on the flight. I'm 30,000 feet up in the air flying in a pressurized tube going 600 miles per hour when I hear Josh say my name and read my question in my earphones. It was the highlight of my month. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's great. More than the show, I found myself riveted at the start of every show to hear what's going on in Mike and Josh's life. There was Josh's move to his new house and the shady lawnmower man instant. Oh, God, who could forget that? (laughs) Mike's figuring out how to commute back and forth to college, which would be a four-hour commute round trip. Is that true, Mike? Was it four hours? It would have been until... uh, um, Actually, it wasn't as long. It was one of those things where Google said it was going to be that long, but then I did it, and it was only two hours to, you know... And you call and you back. call yourself a true listener, Brian. You got the you got the you got the mileage wrong, man. And so I, no, no, no. He got the mileage wrong because I didn't. I don't think I. I don't know if I gave an update on that or not. I don't remember if I did. But then later on, my 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 friend who lives locally here, he's been driving me. So I, it's been even shorter now because he's been giving me a ride. Okay. Well, all, right, all right, Brian. I apologize. You you are a true fan again. I was I was dubious and now I'm I'm back on board. Jumping the gun over here. Yeah, sorry. I have a tendency to do that. Anyway, he's Josh breaks up with his girlfriend. He's still recollecting moments from our podcast. Josh breaks up with his mm-hmm. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I had a girlfriend at the beginning of of this podcast and then sometime in the middle of the podcast, I definitely that relationship definitely did end. I'm sorry, <clears throat> it's my fault. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yep, that's right. Me and Mike are lovers, everybody. This is this is how we're <laughs> announcing it. Uh, this whole time. No. Not that there's anything no. wrong with that. Um, Mike got a new cat. Josh's eternal love for everything Southern. <laughs> oh, he's being sarcastic. He's being cheeky there, because I hate everything Southern, except for the food. Big fucking truck. Big fucking truck. Yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> bottom line, happy 100th, boys. I'm happy I stuck around and never let the iTunes comments get you down or diminish what you've accomplished. You should be proud in what you've created. Brian Bradley, fan for life. What a nice Thank you, Brian. shit. God damn Thank it. Thank you so much. That was so such a nice email. We don't deserve... We, I feel like we don't deserve listeners like him. And I <laughs> see, see this. This is the reason why you keep doing stuff like this. I mean, even if you get just you just get one person. That's like right. That. You know, you help make their day. You, you know, that's it's worth it to keep going. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. I just cleared my throat on the mic. I'm such a professional. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess we do something for them in the sense that they're listening to our, our conversations every week. 
But at the end of the day, man, like when we do this, I still feel like I'm just having a conversation with you, like a long conversation. And I forget sometimes that we're actually recording this and a bunch of other people are going to listen to it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. So when people are like really, well, I think that's part of the appeal for for our show is it's more of a laid back approach. Yeah. When people say they really love it or it's done things for them in life, it just blows my fucking mind. It's like how yeah. how how is? I mean, it's what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to touch people's lives in some way positively. So you know, that's a, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, we got another story that Mike's gonna do. Uh, I guess you can yeah, take this your pick. is uh, from Chris Chris Rogers. He's talking about a spooky story here. Um, This is a story of something that happened 22 years ago when I was 17. In November of 1995, my mother and I moved into a small house on the main road of a quiet neighborhood. We were renting from a guy named Troy, and he and his girlfriend were living in a small apartment in the bottom part of the house. For the next two and a half months, things were pretty good until late January of 1996 when something strange started happening. My bedroom was located in the front of the house, and late one night, while lying in bed watching TV, I noticed movement outside my window. The windows are pretty high off the ground, so you can't just walk up and look in. I went out to the living room window to peek out from behind the curtains, where I saw someone. He was standing in front of my window, straining his head upward, trying to look in. Ugh, I'm already getting chills just reading that. Can you imagine seeing that? Out your front, out your window? No, I, I, I would die of a heart attack instantly. <laughs> I went into my mother's room and woke her up, but when we went back out to the living room and looked out the window, the guy was gone. That was incident number one. About a month later, a second incident took place around 3 a.m. during a snowstorm. All the lights were off and my cat was acting odd. I peeked out the living room window and I saw someone in a dark winter jacket with the hood up. He was standing on the front step and it was hard to tell what he was doing. I couldn't tell if it was the same guy or not, so I went to my room and got my pellet gun, which which resembled a .45. I quickly went back and looked out of the living room window and noticed that the guy wasn't there anymore. I made my way to the side door and looked out to see the guy slowly walking up to it. <laughs> I couldn't see his face, just his, shilo- just his silhouette from the streetlight. I ducked under the window as he reached the door and began to wonder if he could see me. It was quiet for a few seconds, and then the door handle started to turn. The door slowly opened and then shut again. I waited a moment and then quickly locked the door. The next thing I did was wake my mother and told her what had happened. This time she called the police. Not too long after the police arrived, they questioned me about what had happened and started searching the area. Later they said they followed the guy's footprints in the snow and told my mother that they quickly traced them to the apartment below. I'm sure they questioned Troy, but they wouldn't tell us much about what he said. And the next day my mother talked to him and she said that he was acting strange, like he was trying to avoid the questions. The third incident happened about two weeks later. This time it was around 9pm and I was home alone. Suddenly I get a phone call from my mother. She was calling from the police station and said that when she pulled in the driveway, the headlights of the car caught someone looking through the side door of the window in the kitchen. My mom said the guy took off and jumped over the back railing. By the time the police arrived, he was long gone. And that was the last time it had happened. By the time spring arrived, we decided to move. After the second incident, my mother and I speculated that a previous tenant was a drug dealer. 
Anyway, a year later, we found out that Troy was found dead in his parents' garage, apparently from carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, wow. That's my scary story. That is pretty scary. I mean, and you did a great job telling it, Chris, because the, the imagery was really well thought out. Yeah, and he, and he well even done. posted a picture of the house, and it looks like such a quaint little, like, not, like, just unassuming house. It looks newer. It doesn't look, like, super old. And Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, actually, because the snow's all over the place. And they have, like, this balcony that overlooks what looks to be this, like, this this ravine. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But that that is uh that is a scary story. Up next we have a story from Helen Hurd. She goes, Weird story. Years ago my mom would do special events at our church. She hosted a Valentine's party and since she was at work, I decided to be nice and go clean up the mess. I'd been there alone for about an hour, moving things around, walking all over the church. Then I stopped in the church office and there was a box of those hearts with sayings on them. I opened the box, read it, and it said, go home. I was like, that was, huh. I was like, that was weird. I pulled out another one and it said, now. Oh, shit. Needless to say, I got my butt out of there. I'm yeah. still not sure what that was about. Those hearts usually say sweet things. So that definitely creeped me out. Wow. So I want to know, like, did anything happen when you left? Like, when you, like, like, yeah. like, the next week or whatever, did you hear about anything happening? I guess not. I'm sure she would have included that if there was something else. Maybe it was just some a-hole prankster. Just some ass. Just decided, oh, look, there's a bunch of hearts. But even for, like, a, even for, like some... a little kid playing a prank, that is a very... Yeah. Usually they'd write, like, fart or ass or something. They, would, they, they wouldn't write, <laughs> yeah. like, this ominous, go home now like yeah it's weird that maybe weird. those little kids watched unsolved mysteries though who wrote that <laughs> they saw the whacker segment cheap but we'll do <laughs> yeah so we got one more story this time it's from david macedo uh quick weird story when i was young we didn't have cable so we had those channels that would just be static or whatever and for like a week i swear in my life i would turn it on to whatever the channel the static was on after I got out of school and there would be this black figure with its hands on the other side of the glass. This is before I even knew of the Ring movie or anything like that and I still remember vividly of this black figure with static all around around it just appearing like it was trying to see through the glass. Now that is fucking scary. Uh, so you were seeing Slenderman, sir? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you see Slenderman before there was Slenderman or, or Poltergeist. There's, there's a ghost that's gonna start messing around and throwing shit around your house uh, you're lucky you didn't get sucked inside the house somewhere and then are running around in some spirit world and your parents are like David David I'm surprised Mike after reading that story you weren't like oh no that was a uh, black figure static man a movie from 1942 that you know <laughs> you don't know that it wouldn't be 1950 it wouldn't be 42 if they were going to do well whatever like I'm surprised like, uh, that was it I'm surprised it wasn't some movie that you, uh, obscure movie that I you knew I just mentioned of. Poltergeist, <laughs> which is a movie. Some, some like, French-only release art house movie in the 50s. I, I'm not really, I'm not that much of a movie buff to the point where I know about art house <laughs> You know, you know much. of every, like, basement indie made, like, you know, college, 
guy, you know, whatever movie. Not like, really. That's that's <laughs> just you know everything that's ever been committed to celluloid. I'm just I don't. I'm just kidding. I gotta be. It'd be honest. funny if you did though. That, that'd be like some crazy like X Men superpower. I know a lot though, but not as much as some people do. I know of three. Yeah, thank you for sharing the story, David, and thanks to everyone for sharing their stories. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think we got all the stories out of the way, um, and after that it'll be questions. And if there's other stories mixed in there that I didn't get to, then we'll read them then. All right, next we're gonna be talking about different kinds of aliens, because you know, you guys love it. Aliens. You guys love aliens. Aliens. What's funny about that, that guy, is when I went to go visit my grandmother recently, I, I, I went to help her out yesterday, um, and this is recorded on Saturday, so on, on uh, Friday, because uh, she just got out of the hospital, she's uh, dealing with uh, pneumonia right now, and first thing I see, on the t- I see on the TV when I walk in the house is Ancient Aliens. Oh, God. And that guy was there. Giorgio. Giorgio Sokolos. Mm-hmm. That's like their guy, man. Like that 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 guy became this goofy like mascot for the show to where He still has the crazy hair, but he has a goatee now. So he's trying to you know look a little bit more distinguished. Even though he still looks like he stuck his finger in a light socket. That guy's a <laughs> that guy's a joke. He's a goober. So, um, we just, we talked about this Anfreda alien abductions, so we thought, we ran across this site called Mysterious Universe, and they had other weird aliens, so we thought that'd be a fun thing to talk about. The first one we're going to be talking about is the Hopkinsville Goblins. Oh my god. You're not going to talk about the Veronze aliens? Well, it says Veronze aliens, and then right underneath it says Hopkinsville Goblins. Yeah, but actually it's different. Do you see? You go up and it says Anfreda oh my alien abduction. That is so stupid. That's such a stupid way. Why would you have the title of your article at the very bottom of the thing, and then you got to scroll up to read it? That's so <laughs> stupid. That was a horrible design. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna be talking about the Verones aliens. Uh huh. Telling you, man, this is gonna be a slick podcast. <laughs> hey, would you expect anything different? <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, the 100th episode is going to have. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if <laughs> the you guys same foibles and right flaws. I mean, if you guys thought that like Mike was going to be interrupting me less, there would be less awkward pauses. It'd be smoother. <laughs> I mean, you're you got another thing coming. I mean, we're like old men, old men podcasters who are set in our ways at this point. I mean, we're not. We can't change. We can't. A dog cannot learn, an, an old podcast dog cannot learn new podcast tricks at this point. <laughs> Plus, I'm, I got drunk last night, and so I had a drunken sleep. Mike got like four hours of couch sleep. So we're not firing on all, all <laughs> cylinders for the 100th episode, unfortunately. But it had to get recorded sometime, so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so the Verona's motherfucking aliens. Russia, <laughs> 1989. 
One of the weirdest and most widely witnessed alien events ever chronicled is a bizarre tale that involves UFOs, robots, vanishing quote-unquote guns, and gargantuan alien invaders. The incident began as dozens of observers spied a huge red object circling above popular weird Russian name that I can't pronounce, Park, on the evening of September 27, 1989 in the Russian city of Voronezh. Perplexed eyewitnesses swore that the quote-unquote vehicle hovered less than 40 feet above ground, close enough to disturb the grass below. Above, a group of school children who were playing soccer. Oh my god. These fucking dashes, what do they mean grammatically? Yeah. What do the hyphens <laughs> in a sentence mean? Somebody who's smarter than me out there, They're explain used a that. Lot. They're used a lot, so they fuck people me up. can still write and run on sentences, but they do it with the dashes. Oh, is that what that is? Because for fuck's yeah, sakes, man. That's basically what it is. Okay, let's try this sentence again. Perplexed eyewitnesses swore that the quote-unquote vehicle hovered less than 40 feet above ground. Run on sentence hyphen. Close enough to disturb the, <laughs> disturb the grass below. Run on sentence hyphen. Above a group of school children who were playing soccer. Okay. Just put a fucking comma. Just use a comma I know. instead of the dash. Why the dash? Really? I don't know what that... I was never taught to use dashes in sentences. Anyway, according to the testimony of those at the scene, a hatch on the underside of the craft opened to reveal a long-armed, necklace, nine-foot-tall entity with a small dome-like penis, I mean head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be something else. That would be a different sighting altogether. Just random, crude um, uh, language that I just threw in there for no reason. Um <laughs> This episode, come on, this this podcast is not safe for work. This episode is anyway. going to be like a fucking bag of greasy cheeseburgers. They're not good for you, but maybe they taste good. Um, the creature was clad in a silver jumpsuit with bronze boots and was so large it filled the hatch. Most disturbingly, eyewitness claimed that there were three luminous eyes wedged into the being's curved head. Its two outer eyes were whitish and the center was bright red and, quote, swiveling around like a radar. They also claimed that the alien had a dish, dish like, disc-like object attached to its <laughs> chest. <laughs> it was then that the UFO made its descent, bending a tree in the process. The huge alien emerged from the ship, trailed by two identical creatures. These extraordinary entities were followed by what eyewitnesses described as a box-like robot with buttons on its front. One of the aliens adjusted the controls on the robot's chest, enabling it to walk about in a mechanical fashion. Before this vexing event would be over, the aliens and their robot would emit strange patterned light beams from their chest, take soil samples, disappear, then reappear, and even vaporize a nearby teenager with a tube-shaped object. Holy shit. Come on, really? <laughs> Thankfully, the youngster rematerialized as the aliens boarded their <laughs> UFO and ascended, disappearing for the final time. Of course. Of course. Okay. They can't be straight up savages. They have to, you know, that teenager has to be okay. Uh, the <laughs> okay, whatever you say, Russian eyewitnesses in 1989. Sure, yeah, you know, okay. Uh, the next, the next weird alien case or uh, scary stories to tell your kids or uh, creepy pasta is Hopkins. The hop, this fucking word. The hash slinging slasher. Reason. The slash bringing flasher. The Hopkinsville Goblins apparently occurred in the U.S. in 1955. The traumatic events, the traumatic series of events, 
began at approximately 7 p.m. on the evening of August 21st, 1955. The Taylor family was visiting the Suttons at the rustic farmhouse near Hopkinsville, Kentucky, when they had a close encounter that would forever change their lives. The ordeal began when Billy Ray Taylor... Wow. Billy Ray! Holy shit, man. Billy Ray Taylor! Hey, <laughs> that's a... It's, I mean, you know your country when you have two first names, but you know you're really country when you have three first names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That that that's like, you might be a redneck if your name is Billy Ray Taylor. When you were named, you, you were named after all your buddies at the local watering hole. <laughs> well, we can name his first name Billy, of course, because you have to have a Billy in your family. Well, Ray will be his middle name because Ray helped me fix my engine that one time I was broke down near the dam there, near the road there with the dogs. And then we're going to be Taylor going to be his last name because Taylor was the name of uh, that transvestite that I made out with in high school. <laughs> that, that last part is definitely different, that's for sure. So, um, the ordeal began when Billy Ray Taylor went out to fetch water from the Sutton's well. While at the pump, he saw a gleaming rainbow-colored disc-shaped object land in a gorge less than a mile away. Taylor ran back to inform the others, but they laughingly dismissed his tale as nothing more than a shooting star that had played trick tricks on his eyes, of course. I mean, why would they think it would be a, a UFO? All of that changed soon after when the Sutton's dog began barking frenziedly in the darkness. Taylor and Elmer Sutton snagged the rifles and charged outside only to see an entity which they described as luminous as a luminous being about three feet in height with an oversized head, glowing eyes, floppy pointed ears, a narrow mouth, thin legs, and talon-tipped fingers. The creature was floating... It's fucking stupid dashes again. The creature, which was floating just above the ground, was dressed in a silverly, silvery metallic outfit and charged at the men with its, claws with its clawed hands in the air. That's a sight you don't want to see. Ever. <laughs> The terrified men, fearing the worst, fired at the creature, but it just did a backflip and then disappeared into the woods, apparently unharmed. Taylor and Sutton quickly retreated to the isolated house, but before they could recount what had transpired, the alien appeared in front of a window. The men fired again, blasting holes in the screen, but when they went and ran back out to inspect the corpse, they found no trace of it. Suddenly... A similar being lunged down from the awning of the porch and entangled its claw into one of the men's hair. They fired again, but the creature, seemingly just as bulletproof as its kin, gently floated to the ground and tore off into the shrubbery. The men ran back to the farmhouse just as a cluster of the creatures began to assail it. The pesky creatures began scurrying across the roof and appearing in different windows simultaneously, terrifying the eleven men, women, and children in the tiny abode. This is like critters before critters. <laughs> As with the others, bullets had no apparent effect on the creatures, and after a harrowing three-hour ordeal, the group decided to make a break for the two vehicles that were parked outside. One of the children would later recall that as they sprinted to the cars, he noticed that the creatures stuck to the side of the house in a way that a spider could. 
The families ran for their lives, crammed into the cars, and sped down to the local sheriff's office to report the strange incident. Sheriff Russell Greenwell and his deputies were on hand to interview the petrified family members, and they verified the sobriety, sanity, and sincerity of the eyewitnesses. Greenwell would go on to say, These were not the sort of people who normally ran to the police. Something frightened them, and something beyond their comprehension. When the officers arrived at the scene to investigate, they found no hint of the creatures, but noted the multiple bullet holes in the windows and walls of the farmhouse. The Sutton's neighbors testified that they heard gunshots, and a state highway trooper independently reported weird meteor-like objects flying overhead, with a sound like artillery fire coming directly from them earlier that evening. Assured by the police that there was no indication of anything unusual, and no doubt assuming that the worst was over, and I'm hoping the worst is over in terms of this damn fucking (laughs) (laughs) article sentence, this article. It's interesting. I like the idea of having condensed stories of these aliens. It's just the structure is a bit off. Assured by the police that there were no, there were no, there was no indication of anything unusual, and my mouth is off too. No doubt assuming that the worst was over, the Suttons and the Taylors returned to the farmhouse at approximately 2.15 a.m., much to the chagrin of both families. The creatures reappeared and began scuttling around, climbing walls and staring into windows. Like, God damn it! Stupid goblins, go away! <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a close encounter of the annoying kind. The three men responded with gunfire, which of course had no effect on the beasts. The chaos ensued until almost dawn, when the beings mysteriously disappeared for a final time. Finally! The aliens never did return to the farmhouse, but the Sutton family nevertheless felt compelled to abandon their home not long after the incident. Of course. You don't want to risk the chance of them coming back and ruining your supper. I don't know why, but I feel like uh, like both stories I've read from this website, I just don't believe. The first one, I definitely don't see that being uh, accurate. The second one seems like there could be a possibility, because there is somebody who says that they appeared to be sane and were of sound mind and whatever, but it is pretty absurd. Almost too absurd to be real. Alright guys, now we we have reached the point in our podcast where we are going to do the Q&A. Yep. Quality assistance, quality assurance. That's where everyone's going to listen to our podcast mm -hmm. and tell us what they think. Yep. So the first question I have here is from Chris Rogers. And he says, Would you consider doing an Unsolved Mysteries watch-along like you did with Sightings? That one time was super late at night and barely nobody joined in because <laughs> we didn't have it planned. We didn't promote it with the shit. And, yeah. And it took us forever to get it set up. Yeah. And, and, and traumatized us so much that we've yet to do another one since. <laughs> I have been wanting to... I've been wanting to do a watch-along of something for so long. Um... I I don't know how we would exactly get around. Do, I see. Yeah, because the thing is with unsolved mysteries segments is if we're gonna do it on Amazon, if you don't have Amazon, you're kind of you're out of the loop. I just don't want to get an, another one of those damn letters, man. I mean, that's what it boils down to for <laughs> me. Like, I don't want I don't want yeah. to hear from 
John Cosgrove unless he's like, hey, I've stopped being a douche and I want to I want you guys to interview me. I want to be on your podcast. That that awesome. I wouldn't mind hearing sure. from him, but <laughs> I know that's never going to happen. So uh, what I've been wanting to do, I want to do like uh, a thing where me and Mike watch like like we go through like old VHS tapes and just watch whatever random shits on there and then comment on it. Uh-huh. I have a bunch of VHS tapes from the 90s and 80, like late 80s and shit. And I think that would be really fun because, you know, everyone who listens to this podcast, you, you guys all have some kind of nostalgic connection with that yeah. time period, I think. That would be that'd be fun. Um, but it, in order to make it a little more interactive for for our listeners, if we're going to do stuff like that, you know, because there, there are YouTube links that just have nothing but like 10 to 15, sometimes even 20, 25 minutes of old commercials just already edited and into one thing. And there are a bunch of them that I've never seen before, from like the '80s and '90s. And and I've seen I've seen some of them on this channel before. It's called uh, I'm trying to vintage commercial treasures or something or '80s something, uh, '80s commercial vault I think is what it's called. And it's got a it's just a treasure trove of commercials. And some of these commercials, man, they're 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 hilarious and they're entertaining. And it's it's more I I remember watching those throwback commercials and being like, man, this is more entertaining than some shows. Yeah. Than a lot of shows today. They put a lot of production <laughs> into those old commercials sometimes. All right. So our next question. So I guess. So we might. Yeah, do that. we might do that. So we might do some kind of watch along like that. Yeah, it's something I've been. I, I want to do a watch along thing with everyone for sure. You could actually do it on the group now on Facebook. If it's a Facebook video, it has to be on Facebook. That's the only problem. And there's nothing on Solve mm-hmm. Mysteries on facebook um (laughs) but yeah you can you can do like they got a feature built into the group where you can actually do that so maybe i've been wanting to beta test that and see you know what's Mm -hmm. that what that's like all right so anyway our, our next question is from robin lewis he goes i have a question would uncovering unexplained mysteries consider uh expanding uh, a segment to review every week to other shows and unsolved mysteries as in shows like sightings and the australian show uh the extraordinary for example uh yeah that's something i've been wanting to do yeah. for a long time mike's been wanting to do sightings forever probably since we first started <laughs> this podcast um and you know we do the documentaries and stuff but the the pro here's the problem um a lot of those older shows the episodes aren't nearly as easy to come by as Unsolved Mysteries. Well, with sightings, it is, for the most part. I mean, like, it's it's on YouTube. Like, almost every episode is on YouTube. So. And that poor show just really didn't get the love that Unsolved Mysteries does. I mean, it's up there yeah. every episode, and no one's, like, talking about it. <laughs> no one gives a shit. <laughs> but there are some fans, but it, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, it, it's more of a cult very small cult following <laughs> yeah devoted cult following but small i was actually looking for um i was looking for an episode off of dateline called trouble on the hill and it's about these two neighbors that are fighting over this one little piece of it's almost like the fucking israel and palestine or whatever mm-hmm. they but like these two neighbors are fighting over this one strip of uh driveway or whatever that they both have to share and um 
yeah, one guy ends up shooting the other guy over it. I mean, and these are like these well-to-do California, like hippies that live up in like the Hollywood Hills. And yeah, it gets, and yeah. So how did you figure out about the title, the title of the, the, I Googled, uh, Dateline guy shoots neighbor, you know, uh, something Mm -hmm. like that. And then I was able to boil it down to that's the episode but i i haven't been able to find the episode online uh to like download and send to you so you can watch it and blah 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 and and then too there's not i mean there's not a wiki of a lot of these things so it's it'd be more work but i mean it, it's something i definitely want to do it's just a matter of well i mean some of the stuff on sightings they they are covered on different different places the the particular cases now some of them aren't but other ones are so you can do an internet search and find some links that give you the same amount of information yeah so yeah the answer to the question is yes i definitely want to do that in the future that's why i posted all that stuff off of uh might be pretty soon i mean because i've been posting sighting i posted a sightings episode on the group and there's a particular case that's just so out there and ridiculous that I, I really would like to talk about it. It's about a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sent me that and I still like I'm I'm dubious about it. But yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that we're gonna do more of that stuff in the future, especially like shows off investigation discovery. There's just so many great shows off there and yeah, I mean Yeah, it's dubious, but it's still interesting. <laughs> you're still bringing up that sighting. So I'm like moving on to yeah, shows about investigation discovery and you're like, yeah, well let's talk no, I'm not done with the werewolf thing yet. all right so uh mike you got the next one from andrew dodge yeah so andrew dodge he says uh last minute submission here has there been an unsolved mystery segment that you would not cover uh this is a first he's asked multiple questions here so this is the first one uh i don't want to cover anything where animals are the victims like where the the seal gets beaten up the dog, the dog, the, the dog, the dog uh, arson yeah, the dog fire. arson can't talk about that. Um, the birds. I don't like the the bird one when the birds were yeah the birds I can I can kind of do but I still don't like it. I just can't I can't cover a segment where an, I mean I am not like in PETA. I'm not like this crazy animal mm-hmm. person, but I just can't do it like like harm to animals like they're so innocent um and and for you know if it's an unsolved mysteries episode where an animal is the victim i just can't do it i don't know mm-hmm. that's just me but that's now, that's about the only one i won't talk about that in some of the- well for me for me personally uh i know i know josh wouldn't mind talking about this and i know some people have asked about it on the group but this particular case i just don't feel comfortable talking about it um and I'm trying to remember the name of the of the gal. It's not coming to me off the top of my head. Um, but for those of you who know about uh, the first season and have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's about the gal who was depressed and had problems with her love life, and then her she went missing, and then her dead body was found in a hotel room somewhere. I I, it, I don't really want to talk about it because. First of all, it's a suicide case. Um, also, her, their fa- her family's already probably dealt with more than enough when it comes to that particular thing. And I don't really know what else to say about it other than it's extremely, incredibly sad. 
And it is. It's a very sad segment. Sounds sad. I also wouldn't want to talk about any of the super syrupy um, lost love, like reunitings, <laughs> like where yeah. it's like just a matter of they got separated at birth and then they found each other. It's like, you know, that's mm-hmm. great. And I'm glad they found one another, but it's not really like what I'm into. So, you know, but that's yeah. that's less that's less of a uh, controversial thing than like, you know, animal abuse and shit you know so that's not or the su- i mean we've talked about suicides before on the show but this one is like different like, like it really feels like this was pretty yeah uh it's a. Uh, I believe this case i'm trying to see if it was no it's not eileen conway we yeah because we talked about, about her, her. <laughs> yeah i never want to talk about, about this Do- case yeah we already talked about it <laughs> We talked about Dottie Kaler. Um, I know it's in. I just want to make sure I remember. Who right. It is, well, you keep you keep guy. thinking because like, we got. Oh, I got it. Okay. Gail Gail Delano. Okay. So, if for all you out there, uh, Gail Delano really bothers Mike that case. Anyway, so he <laughs> Andrew then goes on to ask which segment has affected you the most. I'd say for me, off the top of my head. Uh, it would be either Resurrection Mary or uh, the Roswell episode. Resurrection Mary, huh. because when I was a kid, the the reenactment where they're driving past her ghost and they look back at her face and it's just that black void in her face where her face is supposed to be, mm-hmm. that fucked me up. Oh, oh, um, Mystery Hum. Mystery Hum. Yeah. Mystery Hum, I... <laughs> Mystery Hum was where they're they're hearing the... EMF waves or the ultra low freak ELF my bad ELF waves mm-hmm. the um mystery hum I guess is the best way to describe it um that episode freaked me out so much I started listening out to make sure I wasn't hearing a, a mysterious low rumbling noise and I could tell you right now folks if you start trying to listen for something your brain has this really shitty tendency to like play tricks on you and you'll start to kind of hear it and i got so paranoid for so long my i even freaked my dad out because we'd be like watching tv and i'm like dad mute the tv real quick and i'd just be listening to see if i heard like a low humming sound and in most things in your life low humming sounds are being emitted some was the air conditioning or your computer or whatever or a train in the background that would like keep me up at night sometimes like listening out for this like low it it fucked me up man for a while Mm -hmm. so that one probably affected me the most for me it's uh first one is it's just a total for for a lot of people it's a forgettable segment but uh, one image is just burned in my memory for some reason and has been ever since i saw it when i was a kid the case of ed baker which we talked about already um where where you have the burned out car that's in the field so that really stood out to me um because i saw it when i was a kid so like for some reason that image from that particular segment uh stuck with me another one is the man house uh, i saw that when i was younger and that really freaked the me man out house are you talking about alan man yeah oh, okay alan man yeah no that one that's enough that one that reenactment like when the girl gets possessed and she starts laughing out of nowhere in bed 
That it legitimately scared me as an adult when I rewatched it. I mean, uh-huh. I legitimately had to like fast forward that scene like in other times when I would watch it because it would it would it it uh-huh. bothered me. I didn't like it. For me, it was the image of the of the light bulb on fire. Really. That was yeah. such a cheesy. If you could see, there was like a, a torch right behind the light. I know, but I could I couldn't see. I didn't see that effect when I was a kid. You know. Yeah. True. I didn't notice that. <laughs> so yeah, it's that one, and uh, also I would have to say the Tallman House. That one also I saw when I was younger. Classic. He goes on to say, besides Moon Pie Mike Morris, which the OG listeners will mm-hmm. get that reference. Has there been a person on the show that just infuriated you? Uh, do you feel that this being the hundredth episode that you've moved from the status of casual fan to super fan? So I guess I just asked two questions there. <laughs> I, I would say we, we've always been super fans, right? I've, I've always felt like a super fan. I mean, I, I was <laughs> on a podcast recently with a nice young man named Zachary Weber who hosts a um, podcast called Knights of Vader, which is a great podcast. And he also uh-huh. he also hosts another podcast called Cinemodities, uh, which is about, I guess, odd like movies and shit. Mike, you need to go on that damn podcast. I try to get you to do it, but it's like hurting cats to get you to do anything. <laughs> what the cinematic yeah one? You, that sounds interesting. yeah you need to go you need he wanted you to do it but you never got around to doing it but um uh my bad i've just been busy too with other stuff <laughs> i was on that podcast and he referred to me as an unsolved mysteries expert and i had to go whoa 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 let's pump the brakes on that one <laughs> well remember in the cease and desist letter? Yeah, and that's what I brought up on that podcast. <laughs> I, was, I had to say, I was like, actually, legally, I'm I'm not allowed to say that I'm an expert. <laughs> because in the cease and desist letter, they were, that was one of the things that, that uh, really uh, ch- ch- uh, chaffed their ass or chafed their ass. What's this saying? <laughs> I don't know. Chafed? Chafed, chafed their ass. Yeah. yeah, that I was going around saying I was an expert. Clearly not getting the sarcasm in my video. But, um... As far as anybody infuriating me on the show, man, so many. Like, so many of the... I mean, pretty much any murderer, rapist. For me, it's the skeptics. Some of them really piss me off because of just how, like, some of their concepts or their their ideas about what the UFO is or what Mothman is is just so ridiculous. It's like they, 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 they can't open their mind just a tad, just a little bit. They have to throw out some ridiculous shit like it was a sand crane. Yeah. Or a bunch of fucking hedgehogs or something. Dancing shit. in a circle, yeah, to create the crop circles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That the yeah, those those really annoy me as well. But yeah, a lot of the asshole criminals, like the ones that seem like they're guilty just from the interviews. I know the one guy, I mean the 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 sheriff who says he seemed like he was so innocent and then you find out later it seems like he was involved and might have killed his son. Seems like he did. Then you're like cuz remember the kid goes missing. Yep. Yeah. That one upset me cuz I was like you fucking liar. The, the 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 fraud case with the guy who stayed at the nudist colony. Rusty it was it was yeah, Rusty. Yeah. That guy didn't really infuriate me. I thought he was kind of funny that he like infiltrated this nudist colony. He molested. He molested the girl. Yeah, that wasn't very funny, but uh, all the all, yeah. the all the other parts were funny <laughs> to me. 
Really, man. Like, like that. That's that's the moment that I was like, "Fuck that guy. I hate him." Yeah. Well, I mean, um, he, well then, so he goes into my blanket, my blanket hatred of rapists and murderers and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's move on here. We got a bunch of questions, and this is gonna probably close in on three hours at this rate. <laughs> this one is from. Mike Brill, quote unquote, Vikram Rayo, which Mike Brill is a little bit easier to say, but uh, he'll he'll get that anyway. Um, he asks, scariest murder-related story in your retrospective opinions. I'm guessing mm-hmm. he's referring to unsolved mysteries murder story. Uh, Richard's rampage. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's that they just did such a good job on conveying the fear. The production, the music, yes. um, mm-hmm. the the lighting, the subtlety, you know, was great. The uh, the unsolved mysteries X factor was just there in spades on that one. Richard Church murdering his girlfriend's parents. I mean, Jesus Christ, man! I mean, that girl. And when that girl was interviewed, like she was either like like dull in the head or they had her on so many antidepressants that she was just a zombie because she was just so mm-hmm. like yeah i mean i wish i could have said bye to my parents and it's it, it's it's sad and you know i you know and she was just so nonchalant it's like uh-huh. uh you you, you 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 alive there or are you are you a real human or you know <laughs> usually people get emotional at this point in the interview and you're just kind of like talking about it like it was a sale that you missed out on at the mall <laughs> um uh-huh. but no scariest murder related stories um oh fuck um matthew mcconaughey played the brother yeah da, uh, da, uh larry larry dickens larry yeah. dickens that's that's not that's another that was one. a very scary one blind river killer for me we covered that one. The guy with the long hair, the blonde, the blonde, and he just showed up with like two shotguns and was like harassing these older, this older yeah, couple. Yeah, this defenseless and, like, older shot. couple and shot. Yeah, piece yeah, of he, shit. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them, honestly, but like you know, that's the the first one that came to my mind. You know, the Richard Church is a good one. Another one is the guy who. Um, was it I five? I don't know if it's I five, but he remember he, yeah, yeah, he hung hung around on uh, highways and went to strip malls and just murdered people. I'm trying to think of any that made me feel like I was personally in danger after watching it, like that just gave me that level of paranoia. Um, Wasn't there that one where that one lady she survived being stabbed multiple times, and you had like the blurry shot of like a the coke machine that didn't have any coke labeling I know what you're, ta- on it I know what you're talking about afford- is that the one where she had to psychically remember the yeah. the tr- uh, truck uh, license plate yeah. yeah that one was pretty bad yeah you're right yeah women don't usually make out too well on this show <laughs> unfortunately I'm not like laughing because I think it's funny I'm laughing because well, I mean it's- Brian the, the one I mentioned the blind river one like that that one that one left me kind of because it was just a random act of violence. The guy just showed up and just started, you know, this this random, just reek. Uh, I don't know, reek isn't the right word, but I mean, just this random, uh, just 
terror spree. What percentage would you say our brains are functioning at on this episode? I'd say like a, a high 30%. I would say it's a little bit higher than that. But not like not too much <laughs> higher though. I'd say like 50 percent. 50 percent? That's 60, 70. 70? No, that's way too generous. You're delusional, <laughs> sir, if you think our brains are functioning at, at 70 percent for this podcast. Mine is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm at a, I'm at like a, a high 30 percent. All right. Our, I know. I'm, I know it's higher than 30 percent on my end. Yeah, that's debatable. Our next question comes from Steve. Steve Ryder. <laughs> he asks, can you both tell me what unsolved mystery segment sends shivers down your spine the most? I mean, that's kind of similar to yeah. Mike Brill's question, a.k.a. Vikram. Algash. Allagash, yeah. Um, um, Resurrection Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of a similar question, but those are yeah, yeah. Next question is from Amanda Lee. She says, "What is the most unintentionally hilarious UM segment in your opinion?" Angels. There's a yes. The <laughs> angels uh, under the miracles or whatever. It's it, the <laughs> angel segment. Yeah, the doofy looking angel. Yeah. God, anytime, anytime <laughs> that show had to go into the religious sphere and portray angels and shit, it was always going to be a train wreck. Like, I would say uh, the one with the the guy who he killed his family. It was really brutal too. Like, even the guy who was a police detective at the time walked in the house and he was like, "It's the worst thing I'd ever seen. Like, there's blood all over the walls and everywhere." I'm trying to remember the name of the the name of the particular guy. It's not coming to me right now, folks. We don't catalog every single name of every single guy, every single character, case, and person that was involved in 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 a segment. It's 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 so much information. Um, but it's the one where the guy was like. He, he uh, someone who knew him encountered him while he was out of uh, the country. Remember, he's oh, got the beard yeah, and everything. Yeah, everyone's gonna know what you're yeah. gonna talk. Everyone knows what you're t- talking yeah. about now. I think it when, yeah, and he sees him in the bathroom, or yeah, something like that. And the guy's like, yeah. you know, Doug or whatever his name is. And yeah, he's like, is that you? And then he starts. He just starts fucking. He just bolts and just starts hauling like, ass. It was just the way he said it. It was like, no! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, no! Then there's also the devil's backbone that literally opens up with, oh! <laughs> The goddamn... That's a perfect one the right monk, there, man. The monk outside the window. Oh, shit. <laughs> god. That's unintentionally hilarious. The definition. Oh! <laughs> Having an uh, having yeah. an epic orgasm outside of the dude's window, <laughs> <laughs> or he's just constipated. The constipated. Yeah, either ghost. or. All right, next question is from right. Mike Martin for both Mike and Josh. It feels like we're getting a present together that we have to share. Mm-hmm. Number one, what are your least favorite segments? Miracles. Lost loves. Oh yeah, no, I changed mine. It's lost loves. Miracles just came to my mind first. Number two, are there any cases from the show that made you guys cry? Well, there were some lost loves that did. Um, yeah. Sometimes there were, like, the, uh, it was a really sweet one. See, I don't like lost loves, but there are some segments that are really good. 
like the one it just showed the triumph of the human spirit with uh, it took place in World War Two, where uh, the soldier gave I, I think the 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 girl uh, a meal and then took her to a party and then there's another one where it was this guy like he was trying to find the soldier that that after he uh, came out of Auschwitz or one of the one of the concentration camps remember. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to find the soldier that cheered him up afterwards and gave him some food. Oh, and, yeah, geez, that was a good and one. And hope. Yeah, yeah, that one definitely did make me tear up, for um, sure. Tatum's ghost, when um, the old man and the old woman are living together and a bunch of weird stuff's happening in their house and they devise a system where they're going to have this bell and... If the bell rings three times, then he'll know that it's his wife, and he'll go upstairs to see if she needs anything. And then the bell rings three times, and he goes in the room, and she's in bed asleep. And the bell's just up there all the way across the room. And while he's being interviewed, he just kind of, like, chokes. He, like, locks up. You know, he's not able to keep talking because he, he got kind of emotional. He's like, he's like, um, so I took that bell and I put it in the other room and we haven't touched that bell ever since. And then she's in the interview, she starts rubbing his back and she's like, it's okay. It's okay. And then she's like, she's like kind of starts holding him and she's like, I, she's like, yeah. I've never seen him like, you know, he, I've never seen him like this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was the most touching fucking real moment I've probably ever seen on that show. I get choked up every time I see that because it's like mm-hmm. they are so in love with each other still. Like they are like soulmates and they're like so old. It was like beautiful. Like it was like what I was saying with Ryan, that interview, uh, with the guy from Terravision, like it was like that was such a real beautiful moment. So definitely that moment. And um, I would say the epilepsy animals. Yeah, that's yeah, a really good one, too. I do skip that one though, because you know I'm not. I don't. When I watch Unsolved Mysteries, I don't want to be made to feel like emotional, like sad. Like I want to feel <laughs> scared or angry or something, yeah. or or intrigued. I don't want to feel, uh, you know, n- like not nostalgic. That's the wrong word, but you know, gushy inside and shit. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like in that mar- the market for those feelings, honestly. <laughs> Well, I think sometimes it's 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 all right, but there but there are a, there are some definitely really really sad sad ones that have some really emotional stories. Like there was one, there was this uh, man, and he he was orphaned, and the only reason why his parents never found him again is because his name was misspelled. Poor bastard. And. Yeah, yeah, it was that was really it was really too bad. Like his name was not smell, spelled properly, and so he was expecting that his parents, real parents, would be there when he graduated from school, and they weren't. And so, so it was one of those like there was like a, a, a clerical error that just separated this guy from his parents for thirty or forty years. It was just it was just really really sad. Um, so so the, a lot of lost loves ones. Are, are are very emotional, uh, and one more I want to mention is I forgot the name of the case, or, or who was involved in it, but I, I will never forget it because when I f- first saw it, I was like, "This is sad." I want I hope he does find his uh, find his kid, and then you find out his the 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 kid died in some freak accident. 
Oh yeah, I think I remember ago. that. That was that was yeah, that was bad. Because you found that out in an update. All right, we gotta get we gotta power through these, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Mike's the part three. Who would win in a fight, Chuck Norris or Robert Stack? Yeah, you know, I I'm. It's not a. It's not fair. <laughs> oh, it depends. Like what? What's like what? What are Robert Stack's powers? You know, everyone's everyone knows that Chuck Norris is essentially God. If it's if it's a verbal fight, Robert oh, yeah, Stack for sure. Physical fight. Chuck yeah, Chuck Norris fucking sparred with Bruce Lee for fuck's sakes. Unless Stack had some like magic XP like spells he could use or some shit <laughs> like lightning or something. I don't know. But apparently uh, Chuck Norris can do all that shit too. All right. This next one's from uh, Nick Clemens. He says, I've been listening to y'all's podcast for about four months now. Big fan. You and Mike uh, both do a great job and I look forward to each new update. I like how neither of you guys take yourselves too seriously, and humor is a big part of the podcast. I mean, I don't think I'm that funny or Mike's that funny, but you know, thank you for saying that. A lot of our po- uh, a lot of podcasts take themselves way too seriously and are completely devoid of humor. Keep up the great work, Josh. Yeah, like this American Life. Yeah, which for <laughs> some reason all of the our recommended people get who all the people who listen to that get funneled to our podcast for some reason. They listen to one episode. They're like, this is nothing like This American Life. I'm going to give this a fi- <laughs> uh, one-star review on iTunes. I swear to God that uh, happens so much. But he goes, um, Josh and Mike, what, in your opinion, is a quintessential Unsolved mystery segment of all time? Uh, as if you had to show someone who'd never seen the show a segment to pique their interest. Um, mean the spookiest story, blah, 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 blah. Um, we we've seen uh, we we've actually had this question before, Nick. No no offense, um, and I and I think what we said was Alabash, yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. it? That that is the segment um, that I tend to show people if they've never seen Unsolved Mysteries before. So I, I actually have done that, and and it, yeah, it has been the Alagash abductions. Alagash abductions. All right, moving on. Mel Laura Horner asks. Have either of you had a weird sighting, and if so, what? I've seen a few UFOs, no, no, uh, nothing close encounters, but still odd. Um, for me, unfortunately, I haven't really had any weird sightings. Uh-huh. I, I mentioned this before. I, I saw some shadow, shadowy type of figures and stuff before when I was living with my uh, stepdad. I mean, living with my, well, my actual dad and my stepmom in uh oklahoma city and my uncle was living there briefly and he was a troubled individual and i remember having a hard time going to sleep on the couch one night and then i looked up and i I swear i saw a shadow man or something looking down at me uh from from uh behind the couch so yeah, that was not it was not fun. Maybe 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 I was having uh, sleep paralysis. But then again, there were other stuff, and my dad and my stepmom said they also saw it. And we actually had a priest come in and then bless the house. Wow. So yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like that ever happened with me. <laughs> I'm debating in my head on like whether I want to see anything or not because I feel like once I see. I didn't want to see the shadow fucking man like that, that, that you know, didn't sleep the rest of that night. That's yeah, for sure. I don't blame <laughs> you. 
All right, next, Diana Standen, longtime listener. She asks, if you could meet Robert Stack, what would you ask him? I don't know. I think if I could ask Robert, I, I'd probably ask Robert Stack um, if I could move in with him. <laughs> uh, when could I move in? What room do I get? That's probably what I would ask him. And then he would have secure, a security escort me off the premises. <laughs> uh, next, we have our beloved Morgan from Canada. Morgan has been listening since... Morgan's been listening since before the podcast came out. She was just like outside my window with a cup up against the glass, like just listening to me talk, um, just on the phone in general. So that's how long she has been listening. That's probably not true, what I just said. So maybe don't like believe that but she asks which segment really sticks with you has it been solved um i'm guessing she's like wanting us to pick a murder or something segment well i mean it's been similar that's a similar question and some of the earlier questions were asked yeah it is kind of similar it would just be the same answer for me yeah for me it's it's the paranormal ones and no they there was one too that also stuck with me. It was a there was this rapist. You remember seeing that one, where this guy was a serial rapist? I think it was in was it in Michigan or something? Was it the guy who like went to the doctor's office and raped someone, and then went to this uh, these strip malls and raped him there? Yes. Yeah, yes. I just re- that one sticks with me I, too because it's just I mean it's not solved. The guy's never been caught, and he's caused so much damage that's just irreparable it's just irreparable just just cannot be repaired yeah like how i don't i don't Fuck understand i don't understand how he could have like <laughs> been able to perform sexually when he's you know i don't know i guess it arouses them or something but i'm just like these people are yeah. screaming and crying the whole time how are you how are you able to even like Oh, he gets off I, on Yeah, that. I guess so. You know, it's like a different mindset that, thank God, I, I can't relate to, you know. I can't either. All right, our next question is from Mike Rial. He asks, um, I thought I heard one time the uh, possibility of classic porno films being reviewed. Could that be an option? <laughs> what? It, okay, b- besides, like, Debbie Does Dallas, like, what? What are <laughs> what are classic porno films that are even out there? Deep Throat? Oh yeah, that is a um, that is a classic porn. See, the problem is, is like I can't I can't get into the um, behind the green door. Is that really the name of a porno? Mm-hmm. There's the whole Emmanuel series of pornos that like I yeah. watched on HBO when I was a kid that got me excited mm-hmm. in various ways. <laughs> That's the problem with watching pornos. I can't get into the artistic integrity of the porno movie because I get whole. If there was an unsolved mysteries porno, would you have watched it? No, because it would have desecrated, like, the, you know, <laughs> something that I, or I would have watched it for the yucks, but see, then my, I get confused, yeah. because at some point, and even, like, joke pornos, they have real fucking, and my brain gets confused, because then I get turned uh-huh. on, and I'm like, uh, geez, <laughs> I'm, like, feeling some type of way right now, and, like, I can't, it's like, I can't separate, I don't know, like, I can't watch nudity like nude women with for me it just doesn't seem like it's that sexy for me personally uh, like especially the older ones like it's just there's these are people who should keep their clothes on oh yeah you're talking about those <laughs> 1970s pubic bushes 
early 80s ones yeah, yeah yeah like where the i remember stewie griffin in one episode of family guy he said something like i don't know i'm just saying uh 70s boobs looked different and i agree with that i feel like <laughs> 70s boobs did look different than they do now i don't know what it is um it's like 70s asses looked different too in those old pornos <laughs> and the bushes good god the bushes the body hair just well well the guy had the guys had bush the bushes on their lip and then a bush in the pants and then, all over the know, stomach i mean carpeting it's a shame else. i didn't grow up in the 70s because i'm a hairy bastard and i would fit right <laughs> in but no you just grow the porn stash just grow the porn stash like Oh, dude, fucking chest hair, like back like John patches Holmes. of back hair. <laughs> People are learning way more than what they wanted to know about me. Um, thank you, Mike, for ver- mixing up the questions, though. I appreciate it. It's nice getting non-Unsolved Mysteries yeah. questions every now and then. And and, and to answer your question, no. <laughs> like We're not going to be re- reviewing porn no. on this podcast this isn't a porn podcast but if you do have there probably is a porn podcast if you do have any porn though i mean and you want me to review it i'll review it privately in my own quarters <laughs> and you know just to check for quality yeah. up next we so the ne- yeah go ahead okay so the next question is from david macedo he says what kind of editing software do you use for your videos josh i use final cut pro x Oh. Um, and I edit on a Apple MacBook 13 inch. And I use um, Adobe Photoshop to make my thumbnails and some effects in my videos as well. Do you use Final Cut to do audio editing too, or is that a separate? To do the audio editing, I use program. a program called FL Studio 11, so f- aka Fruity Loops. When it came out, it was known as Fruity Loops, but then they changed it to FL Studio because I guess people didn't take Fruity Loops very seriously. Um, so that's what I use for audio. I've been using Fruity mm-hmm. Loops for over a decade. Um, it's what I recorded my album on, both of my albums, and um, yeah. So that's all my uh-huh. editing stuff. I think. And I have to apologize, David, for uh, you know n- n- mispronouncing your name the whole time, and n- now we see how we should pronounce it. So, Macedo. How do you know that's the right name, the way, right way? Because he says it right here in the message, in, in the in the in the in the comment. Oh my! Oh, okay, I do see that now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Shit, we <laughs> fucked up. Well, I had a boss named Felipe, and he, it was I think it was Macedo, and it was spelt the same way. And mm-hmm. he was from Brazil. I don't know if the Portuguese slash Spanish so, is different. David Macedo uh, asked me, uh, "Why do you keep your videos in a webcam style? Copyright." And it's easier to do it that way. I've done videos before. I have some videos on my YouTube channel that have footage and have some pictures and have narration and whatever. And I can do it, but it's a fuck ton of work. I admit it, I'm lazy. And I, like I said, I've dealt with copyright. I've had videos blocked and I've gotten copyright strikes for, for having a thumbnail uh, and there's nothing in the video that is violating any copyright. So if I put any clips in there, like that's just that's playing with fire, and I really don't want to do that because this channel's been around for over a decade, and I never thought it was going to last that long. Because before I had other channels, and I had posted some copyrighted material on them, but there's another channel where it, you know, I was starting to do more reviews and stuff, but it got taken down, and so I just had this history of just 
running afoul of YouTube's copyright police. So I've just been like, you know, I'll just not do that. You know, just 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 do webcam uh, only videos. Also, I I like the fact that it's the stream of consciousness consciousness thing. And also, I like how personalized it is and how it's more of a discussion with my audience and with my listener base instead of and, and it also enables me to get my passion out in an unfiltered, unedited, uncensored way. And it's not one of those things where I have to limit it or I have to act. See, that's the problem. When you're reading off a script, it's acting. That's really what it is. Some people are great at doing that. They script out their reviews and they're really good at reading off uh, the script on camera. I'm not one of them. It sounds like I'm reading off a script. And I work better and I operate better when I'm just off the cuff. So that's why I've been doing the, why I do the webcam style. So basically he's lazy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but okay. <laughs> All right. So apparently uh, Robin commented again on this one. We already answered his first uh, question, but he has like a second and third one now. We're we're men of the people. If you ask a question, God damn it, mm-hmm. we are going to answer it. And as you can see, people have asked multiple questions here. So as part two, he said, would Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries consider uh, doing an odd one-off special episode where both Josh and Mike travel to known hot spots in the U.S., as in Skywalker Ranch, Fence Line of Area 51, and do a whole episode there about that subject? I mean, I don't want to go near the fence line of Area yeah. 51. I mean, it says <laughs> any trespassers will be shot on site. Yeah. I don't even want to be near that sign. I don't want to risk being shot. Well, first, <laughs> I think me and Mike are going to have to work on, like, meeting each other in person first. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we got to have money. There's that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to do all that. And if, if, yeah, if so our podcast I. got to, like, a last podcast on the left level of income where we're pulling in, like... 27k a month in patreon donations hell yeah we'd be doing shit like that we i'd quit my job mike would probably move into his own place like we could fucking fly wherever the fuck you know hell yeah man we'd Mm -hmm. do that but that's like the fantasy isn't it the third uh question he asks is josh what movies have you seen and mike (laughs) what music related acts do you enjoy All right, gang. I've done this before on the podcast, but I'm gonna put to rest. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the list of some fucking movies that I have seen. I'm gonna try to do it rapid fire style. Oh, here we go. Movies I have seen: Twelve Years a Slave, Twenty Fifth Hour, Two Thousand One Space Odyssey, A Beautiful Mind, A Few Good Men, A Single Man, About Schmidt, Adaptation, Alien, Almost Famous, American History X, American Movie, American Psycho, Angry Video Game Nerd Movie, Annie Hall, Apocalypse Now, Artificial Intelligence, Awakenings, Baby Boy, Bad Boys, Being John Malkovich, Big Fish, Blade Runner, Boogie Nights, Bowling for Columbine. Breakdown, Capitalism, A Love Story, Capote, Captain Phillips, Casablanca, Catfish, Chinatown, Clerks 2, Clerks 1, Coneheads, Death to Smoochie, Der Untergang, Django Unchained, Donnie Darko, Doctor Strange, Love, Dumb and Dumber, Enter the Void, Eraserhead, Eyes Wide Shut, Fahrenheit 9-11, Fargo, Fear, Five Easy Pieces, Food Incorporated, Forrest Gump, Friday, Frozen, Full Metal Jacket, Golden State, Ghost World, Going Clear, Go- Goodwill Hunting, Goodfellas, Happiness, Hard Candy, Home Alone 2, Home Alone 1, I Am Comic, Idiocracy, It, Jingle All the Way, Juice, Kick-Ass, Koi and Scotsy, Liquid Sky, Lucky Number Slevin, Mad Max, Magnolia, Mama, Me, Myself, Irene, Menace to Society, Milk, Misery, Monster, Nebraska, Next Friday, Friday, No One Would Tell, OJ Made in America, Office Space, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, 
uh, one hour photo, Panic Room, Pet Cemetery, Powder, Pulp Fiction, Rain Man, Rec Room for a Dream, Reservoir Dogs, Restrepo, Robocop, Saw 1, Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, uh, Secret Window, Sexy Beast, Shutter Island, Sicko, Sign, Sin City, Some Kind of Monster, Something's Gotta Give, Star Wars, All the Star Wars, Suicide Squad, Super Size Me, Sweet Sweet Backs, Badass Song, Taxi Driver, Team America, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 and 2, Tenacious D, Terminators 1 and 2, Terms of Endearment. <laughs> the Big Lebowski, The Cable Guy, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Dark Knight, The Decline of Western Civilization, Parts 1 and 2, The Departed, The Disaster Artist, The Fisher King, The Fourth Kind, The Godfather 1 and 2, The Graduate, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Great Outdoors, The Hangover, The Karate Kid, The, Ma- the uh, Machinist, The Manchurian Candidate, The Master, The Matrix, The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Pianist, The Problem with the Pooh, The Room, The Shawshank Redemption, The Shining, The Science of the Lambs, The Sixth Sense, The Social Network, The Squid and the Whale, The Truman Show, The Warriors, Thinner, Tim Eric's Billion Dollar Movie, there Will Be Blood, Trees Lounge, Tropic Thunder, Tusk, Under the Skin, Up, Waiting for Superman, Walk Hard, Wall Street, We Need to Talk About Kevin, World's Greatest Dad, and uh, yeah, those are some movies that I have seen, okay, people? So get Damn. off my ass, all right? That, that's a long list of movies. I've just seen the more obscure uh, and some of the other ones that aren't nearly as well known, so I think that's and, and that's kind of the kind of my shtick but uh at the same time josh has seen some films i haven't seen i guarantee it yeah um some of those things i mentioned in there were documentaries and they weren't really movies but i just put them in, my, in the same folder so excuse mm-hmm. some of those not actually being movies and mike what music related acts do you enjoy i enjoy a lot of music um i'm tend to be old school uh i tend to like 80s and 90s music um my one of my favorite bands is scorpions uh, who is, are more than just a hair metal band. They've done all different types of uh, music and uh, genres. It's not just hair metal. That really annoys me when people just think they're just a hair metal band. I like Dawkins. I like Sticks. Big fan of Sticks. Um, Even the Dennis DeYoung Iron era. Maiden. Yeah, I don't mind the Dennis DeYoung era, to be honest. I like uh, Kill Roy Weiss. Honestly, I, actually I, like I felt like Dennis DeYoung brought a uh a, a a grandiosity to the band and a, mm-hmm. a, a conceptual uh creative yeah. spark because when it was like mainly Tommy Shaw's deal like the stuff he's he just does that typical rock and roll like classic rock kind of stuff and Dennis Paradise Theater is my favorite six album yeah Dennis DeYoung he just brought this very theatric like nature that I tend to find more interesting than just <laughs> I mean that's a great song but I mean yeah I don't know man I like the conceptual stuff blue collar man yeah um but uh, yeah I, I I do like that uh era I don't think it's that bad uh, I, I like all different types of music. I'm not super into hip-hop or a lot of the modern stuff. I'm getting really into into stuff called uh, retro... I think it's called either New Retro Rave or Retro New Wave. I think it's New Retro Wave. And, and it's a lot of uh, throwback instrumental sort of 80s music. And then it even has uh, so, uh, that type of music even with lyrics. So those are really cool. Like the bands like The Midnight... Uh, FM 84. So I've been enjoying that kind of stuff. Um, it's a lot of it still is going back to what I remember. I mean, I, I like movie soundtracks. Uh, the Top Gun soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks. I would say my, my, it is my favorite soundtrack. Like even the sappy songs on that album. I like, 
and yeah, I'm more into rock and metal and and uh, some classic rock and stuff like that. And I don't mind some pop acts like and some of that stuff and folk music, folk some folk stuff. I don't mind like some of the. You're not going to go Paul through Simon every single stuff. genre of music and comment and, on it, uh, are you? I'm not. Okay. I'm not Just making sure. And uh, I also like uh, Billy Joel. So I mean, that's it's 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 different, but a lot of it's strictly kind of very old school all right our our wonderful channel moderator graphic designer he made an appearance on our 50th episode thomas hatfield asks what are your top five unsolved mysteries slash uncovering unexplained mysteries related memories and moments in starting the podcast now um i'm gonna say fuck the unsolved mysteries moments because enough questions are being asked about that so let's yeah. try to recall our top five uncovering unexplained mysteries podcast moments. I would say definitely one of my top ones. This might be number one for me personally is talking to the uh, the DP yeah. for Unsolved Kevin O'Brien. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. For me, a lot of my top moments in the podcast have to do with the people that I had the opportunity to interview. Don Devereaux would probably be my favorite because i just mm-hmm. loved hearing him expound more on danny castellaro and you just got more info than what you got on the show which was great i mean who from mm-hmm. the original source you know the guy who was on the show i still can't believe those interviews aren't like blowing the fuck up like i can't believe that those interviews haven't gotten more love because it's like guys <laughs> these are people who were on unsolved mysteries yeah. why are these not some of our highest rated episodes of our podcast but i don't know whatever well it's kind of like uh i just posted an interview on my channel with two editors for cinefx magazine and that's not really blowing up either yeah so. but i mean that's that's a very obscure magazine though like this is like this show with this huge but, fan but base. still it's still you're interviewing people who were involved with something and it's still bigger than the average magazine. I mean, these are people that have met and talked with legendary filmmakers and effects artists. Uh, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, you name yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, so that's like Don Devereaux, Kevin O'Brien. Um, on the podcast, what... Um... I would say the worst, the first uh, episode, the first one we did where we talked about the worst episodes when he had a chance to rant yeah yeah um you you made it seem like that was the first episode we did you you mean the first time we talked about the worst yeah the first time we talked we've about only it, done one episode of i think the worst segments right or did we do two did we do a second one i thought we did, I feel like we only did. yeah that was a really good one um for some reason episode 69 the vampire cults one i felt like that was just a really solid uh episode yeah uh yeah, I loved w- w- us being able to t- cover Going Clear, the Scientology documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved playing the part of David Miscavige and doing his voice and doing L. Ron Hubbard's voice. You did a great job. Um, you know, thank you all for coming today. It is truly a historic event in Scientology history, and our results are meteoric as we continue to rise up the bridge. I don't know. I just love doing that voice. Um, (laughs) 
like any of our like chit chat before we start re- recording or, or, yeah. or before we start the episode um those are the banter the banter is fun catching up with mike every week to see you know what's going on and all that mm-hmm. you know because i mean you know we have like built a friendship i i would say um over the past two too. years you know um <laughs> if mike lived here i'd probably definitely I, hang I, out with him and shit yeah i'd hope so you know (laughs) yeah i'm gonna do this podcast with you dude and even though you live in the same city as me like i'm just i'm not gonna hang out with your ass man like i don't know you're too much of a nerd for me but you know we can do the podcast though that's cool Uh, all right the next question is from tanya dude i don't even know how the fuck to say your last name it's a o u a d ode ode oh no anyway she says been with you guys since the beginning with all the glitch all the microphone glitches soda popping dog barking and stressing about job interviews and stupid lawyers that won't take free advertisement i was rooting for you the whole way so proud that it's going to be the big 100 wow exciting oh so that's not a question she's just saying well thank you tanya and you have you have been with us since the beginning by mentioning the dog barking because that was back when i live with my parents (laughs) And um, I haven't lived with them for over a year and a half. So, um, yeah, the damn my dog Lenny would always be in the background <laughs> barking. And yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I remember that. Um, next one is from Morgan. Oh, another one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, another question from Morgan. Well, and it's, it's, she says, it's Jessica Yawn's question, too, I should say. She's chiming oh, in. Yeah. So, Morgan and Jessica. When Mike and Josh meet in real life, do you think it will be awkward or awesome? That's a good question. I hope we, I hope it, I hope we don't speak to each other in third person. Is that that would be awkward? <laughs> but um, I, 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 I think it'll be pretty cool. I, I think, I think what'll happen is it, it might be awkward at first because we're so used to just conversing through Skype. So there's this whole sort of thing where it, it's like. We don't have that natural like face to face sort of thing, so it it, it is different. Um, but I I don't know if awkward would be the right word. I think it would just be different. It's kind of it's kind of like um we we do the opposite of what most people do because most people don't talk on the phone. They don't they do all their main interacting in person where they have all their surroundings to comment on. They can talk about yeah. the weather. They can talk about this that and the other. We don't have any of that. We have to go strictly off just our both of our natural abilities to hold long conversations with people so it's easy yeah. it's easy um for us so i think i think meeting in person would be simple i mean okay it, you know because like i think for me the only time it's awkward meeting someone is when you can't think of anything to talk about right i mean yeah yeah we'd have plenty to talk about that's for sure yeah i mean <laughs> The only thing that's making me feel awkward right now is I'm talking about meeting Mike and everything. I'm literally standing naked in my room talking into this microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Because as some of you may know, (laughs) I tend to do the podcast naked because it gets so hot in here. Oh, man. So I don't really like thinking about meeting Mike right now, not wearing any clothes. No, no, that would be awkward for me. (laughs) I don't know about you. No, I'd be perfectly fine. I just know you'd feel uncomfortable. So, you know. (laughs) You just show up and like, hey, I'm like, whoa. I think, I think, I don't know. 
Um, our next person, I think, might be a little confused as to like what was going on here. It's Maria who who signed that. I don't know how to say that. She just says thanks. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Mike Brill, I'm telling you, man, we're people of the people because we're just answering these goddamn questions. Uh, Mike Brill, aka Vikram Rio, asks again. I got another one. If you're still taking questions. There's been talk of bringing back Unsolved Mysteries as a new series. Uh, what would your words of advice slash suggestions to those working on the next incarnation of Unsolved Mysteries? I feel like you two could devote a whole episode to this one um, from suggestions for a host to cinematography, directing, etc. I don't know about devoting a whole episode for this because I think we, we've had other Q&As, no offense, but we've had other Q&As where we've been asked something similar, right? Yeah. And I think what we mostly said is, if you're going to do this, do it right. Don't be following the page of the shitty reboot with Dennis Farina. Don't try to make it updated to the times. If you want to do a new Unsolved Mysteries, try to recapture the spirit of the original show the best you can. With uh, cinematography and editing and lighting and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd um, say keeping the aesthetic the similar, yes, and you know that's very important. You look at the show Stranger Things, which blew up, and that's got this very '80s vintage vibe to it, yes. and, and people didn't turn away and throw up from looking at that. So obviously, people can handle that aesthetic now. Now that's different than how it was in like 2008, though, when they revamped Unsolved Mysteries, because there wasn't this big boner for all things retro back then that there is now so Mm -hmm. i get why they felt like they needed to add in all that bullshit because they 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 figured audiences were that quantifiable where well if they just shot their own fucking footage and then messed with it that way i wouldn't be as upset but they took footage and it, from the reenactments from the original series and chopped it up that was so ghetto how they did that yeah all right, our next question is from David again, M- Macedo. He goes, last comment. I- well, he was saying, he said other stuff, you know, like who, uh, your uh, host. Yeah, but know. we already talked about all that stuff. That's gonna t- We could go on forever <laughs> about all that. David goes, last comment, I promise. He goes, can you guys do more podcasts with the perhaps it's you girls? Everyone's chemistry is so good, and you are all so funny. Um. As long as we don't talk about Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll have them on, you know, again, if they, you know, if if the, if we are, I don't know. I, I was doing this thing where I was thinking about having every... Great. Nice job, Olympus. Puking on my pillow. Oh, Great. God. That's, that's that's lovely, man. That's, that's what Olympus thinks about that collaborative idea, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your cat throwing up? <laughs> He's eating too fast. Jesus Christ. No, I, I was kind of, ha- I kind of had an idea where I wanted to get every other Unsolved Mysteries podcast on this show at some point. Like, like one episode we interview Stack Pack, the other episode we interview. Apparently, there's yet another Unsolved Mysteries podcast called Unsolved Sisteries. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> we're at like 1,200 now. On the uh, Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> podcast count, there's literally like a uh, half dozen when... Hey, we were one of the first. Yeah. The first to do 
the precise setup that we've been doing. So first, definitely not the best, but hey, we're trying. <laughs> uh, last or, or next questions from Corey Cameraman's most hated UFO and ghost segment for any reason. Hmm. Well, I would say most hated UFO segment for you is the miracle whatever UFO healer healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's my most hated one. Stupid little sam sandwich sized UFO donut looking <laughs> stupid thing comes in through the lady's window. You know, it scans her body. She feels all good and orgasmic after that, and then she's cleared of any cancer. It's great. It's yeah. great that she survived and didn't die from cancer, but. You know, the UFO aspect of it was stupid. Uh, ghost segment, huh? Ghost segment. Um. Well, I mean, the beginning of the one with the... Uh, I, that, I don't that, hate that one. Good. I mean, I like... Devil's, I back, hate Devil's it, Backbone, I, I can get some enjoyment out of, but... Yeah. I don't know with the ghost ones. I'd say any ghost segment where they rely heavily on that green screen ghost effect, where or that that reflective effect where the ghosts are like see through and foggy and mm -hmm. all that. I don't really like. I don't really like that effect. I think it's played out and kind of corny looking. There's really not a lot of them that are like I hate it or anything. Oh, and fuck it. I'm getting, my, to go think I'm getting of... my ghost DVDs out. <laughs> ghost segment. That was ever... Let me see here. What? The General Wayne Inn? Gettysburg Ghost. That's a good one. Is that like your least favorite? The the General Wayne Inn? No. I, I get enjoyment out of that one. I, yeah, I mean... So I... Or I, I don't what know. What about the ghost lights? No, I like I like that one a lot actually. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see here, Lady in Black, Bullock's Deadwood, Lake Wells Haunting, Mystery Home, Love Always Care. The Gray Man. I don't remember that one. That's the guy who would show up and say, "Hey, like, like there was a hurricane or whatever, and their house is untouched because they saw a ghost." Oh no, I like that one. Yeah. Um, you have Myrtle's Plantation. Ghost Blimp. I enjoy Ghost Blimp. Some people laugh at Ghost Blimp. I enjoy But it's it. not really a ghost blimp. Oh, okay. I got it. Uh, matchmaker Ghost. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that segment. I skip it every time. It's so stupid. It's a ghost <laughs> that haunted this ship, and it brought two people together, and they eventually, like, fucked in his cabin and had a kid there and got married. The, the, the riverboat? Something like that. I'll yeah, read the little don't, blurb don't on the back here. Or something. Uh, matchmaker goes, Hauntings by the ghost of Mary Green, the only woman to pilot yeah. a sternwheeler, brought Mike and Myra together while working on the Delta Queen. Yeah. They became inseparable and later married. Who cares? It's a, lost, it's a hidden lost love segment. Yeah, that's <laughs> my most hated ghost segment, Matchmaker Ghost. And our, yeah, that's probably my least favorite, too. Our final question, because I all my steam is depleted, and here I thought, oh, I'm gonna have some extra time this time because we started super early. Well, good thing we started super early because we apparently needed every last bit of this time. <laughs> this last question comes from Zach Weber, and again, Zach, um, he's such a nice guy. He's like one of again one of our listeners we don't deserve. 
Um, he's the nicest guy. He has a pod. He started a podcast as a result of listening to our podcast. We inspired him. It's called Knights of Vader. It's a Star Wars podcast. Uh, if you're at all interested in it, please give it a, 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 a listen. And he's got another podcast called Cinemodities. And Mike, for the love of God, make an appearance on one of those podcasts. He's a good fan <laughs> okay. of ours. I've been on there. Tw- I've all been right. on both his podcasts at this point. You've been on zero. Anyway, he asks, um, what's one piece of Unsolved Mysteries merchandise you would like to see made? Bonus points for Stranger the Item, Unsolved Mysteries flavored ice cream, etc. Yeah, that would be uh, (laughs) Unsolved Mysteries ice cream. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries condom. uh, One one of those, uh, those, uh, because back in the day they had these uh, uh, bubble bath soap things. And con- containers, yeah. and they had them in the shape of all these different characters, you know, like one of Hulk Hogan or one of uh, RoboCop or whatever, or some of these other popular characters. One with Robert Stack in the trench coat. Yeah. Unsolved Mysteries bubble bath. <laughs> what would that smell like? Would it be like a, like a, like a, uh, like you know how Jelly Belly makes those bad jelly beans, those purposely, like <laughs> booger and shit? Like, so obviously they have the ability to make, like, uh, undesirable flavors as well. So I wonder if they could do that with scents, too. Like, they could make, like, grave, <laughs> like midnight graveyards scented. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd also like to... Uh, Unsolved Mysteries Pinball Machine. Oh, that, that would be really dope. Cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. That's not... That's... They made a Rescue 911 Pinball Machine. Oh, my God. Kind of sad. No one sub mysteries pinball machine was um old William greeting cards would be cool too you know like greeting cards and stuff like that and uh, someone made like a fan made wax paper uh cover for trading cards like that would have been nuts unsolved mysteries trading cards they made a robert stack figurine that someone posted in our group and and it was just a one off unfortunately of course an official trench coat oh that would be... dude that would be tight. Yeah, you I, could have unsolved mystery. It have the logo, dude, on I, on the front somewhere. I bet that that I bet those trench coats that Stack wore. I bet those were like probably the finest like French made like trench coats. I bet they're probably like two grand for one of his official mm-hmm. trench coats. He was probably like super expensive. Um, yeah, those are all good ideas. I like the ice cream, the unsolved mysteries flavored <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. Graveyard grape. Can't think of anything wacky <laughs> right now, honestly. You could have graveyard grape as one of the flavors. Um, unexplained watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Par- paranormal praline. <laughs> All right, oh, I think that's man. that's the last of our questions. Thank God, that was like a, a a triathlon of thinking, being being hungry while doing so. Oh, that's yeah. that's cool. Some dickhead still shooting off fireworks out here, or that's a gun. Either way, I'm butt naked. I should probably put. <laughs> I hope it's not a gun. I should probably put on clothes if someone's gonna be shooting guns around my house. <laughs> At least die with some dignity. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, I guess that's it, man. That's the 100th episode. I hope all you guys stick around for episode number 200. Um, as far as future, the future of the podcast, we're going to keep chugging along. 
obviously, uh, or obviously, we want to start. You know, we want to do more uh, stuff outside of just unsolved mysteries. Because um, me personally, I would like to expand this podcast to where it's just a good overall crime mystery whatever podcast and it's not specifically about unsolved mysteries um i personally would like to slowly inch in that direction because one day we're gonna run out of unsolved mysteries to talk about not gonna happen anytime soon of course but you know trying to build it up Mm -hmm. to where that will one day happen um and yeah i want to cover the documentaries every now and then because those are super fun there's so many more to talk about um I want to get more guests from Unsolved Mysteries on here. So yeah, that'd be really cool. I haven't interviewed anybody in a while. I had this one lady who was a daughter of someone who was murdered or something or went missing. Apparently, if you sign up for IMDb Pro, you can get more access to possible contact information for for people. Oh, really? Who are involved with uh, production and films and stuff like that. Because a friend of mine, he does interviews with, with people. And he has IMDb Pro, and through that he was able to get a hold of Robert Short, who did effects for Beetlejuice and a few other things. Oh, wow. That's really good info. I might edit that out so no one else can use that. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) Fucking start your own Unsolved Mysteries podcast. There's already like 10 of them, so might as well throw your hat in there, too. You you out there listening. Um, But yeah, as for episode 100... And me and Mike and the possum and his toe and Beavis and Butthead and Hank Hill and Moon Pie Face and uh, my cat Olympus who has <laughs> has a problem keeping stomach. his food down. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening all this time, and um, I will we'll see you uh, next week. Yep. So uh, don't die. Goodbye, and don't cry. See ya. But at this point, we're going to do, uh, we're going to read you about, to y- God damn it. <laughs> we read, read you, you read, Pudding Pop. That's an edit. Yeah, don't make that joke. Yeah, I, I know, you can't even make the Pudding Pop joke anymore. God damn it, Bill Cosby, you fucking old pervert. Apparently, he was a young pervert, too. He was just all throughout yep. his life, just a piece of shit, apparently. Almost seems sacrilegious to call Bill Cosby a piece of shit, but with all this, yeah. all the uh, women who have come forward, it's kind of impossible to deny it at this point. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. unfortunately that he did it and that it happened and everything. Make sure I mark all my territory here so I'm not, you know, misquoted. We're probably not going to put that in there anyway. Remember, you're probably going to cut this out. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, this edit. might be B-roll. I don't know. <laughs> Ends. Yeah, I need to clip my toenails. They're getting long. Getting long as shit. One thing about... Damn, man. One thing about when toenails grow, it just sneaks up on you, you know? Yep. <laughs> Is this not interesting to you, Mike, hearing about my toenails? Make sure, make sure to trim those properly, otherwise you'll get an ingrown toenail. Oh, is that how you get ingrown toenails from not... Trim- yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Man, Mike, you've been fucking up on your toenail cutting skills. Or 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 in fa- or some other sort of uh, hereditary thing. So it's not always cutting them wrong. Mm. So what's been going on with me? It's I think it's a hereditary thing that my dad had, and then 
passed down to me, so thanks. <laughs> thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> but when they ran it, then when they went... What the fuck? This is not my fault. This is terribly written here. The men fired again, blasting holes in the screen, but when they went, ran back out... Oh my god. <laughs> you know, I'll just, I just want to take this moment to point out that, like, I have noticed in, in media recently with, like, the, the deteriorating nature of journalism and just article writing in general, I am noticing mm -hmm. so many typos even on, like, mainstream news websites. Like, I am seeing yeah. typos all over the place now like you used to never see typos on like a news website or anything like that i'm seeing them all the time now it's like people yeah. are breaking their necks to try to get this information out as fast as possible and the quality is just going down but anyway i digress Do you come here? I don't know.